bird. Yeah, they don't expect the oldest it. trick in the book. They never expect an Indian bird. <laughs> don't leave a mark. Hey, the last time I've ever heard of Indian burn was probably like third grade. Yeah, I haven't heard that. That's what makes it perfect. You're not gonna. You're gonna be expecting <laughs> me to punch you. Dude. Imagine, imagine someone hits you with an Indian bird. You'd be stunned, dude. What? You're like, what's? So I'm telling you, I'm just about to laugh in your face. <laughs> the real reason, yeah, it's taught is to just defuse the situation. It's or, or, like, <laughs> or like in school when it's just like, hey, try it on my arm. Like that's what I'd be thinking. Like this, he's just is he just trying this for the first time? What the fuck's he doing? Yeah, and dude, that just reminds me of the thing where it's like, bro, show me this. Oh, I got a move to show you, and it's like the dude pulls out the fucking the arm destroyer, sun supernova black hole move, and like breaks your arm. <laughs> or like the wrestling ones, you'd see him like on WWE and shit. But like we didn't realize that they weren't like they were doing it safely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You get your friend's legs on his back like a it's like a big don't try crap. this at home. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's like every single kid at home trying that out. Yeah, bro. And then I get my friend like that Bret Hart move, where he's like on his stomach, and I got his legs bent the wrong way behind him. Oh, I just yeah. crank. Yeah. He's like, ah. <laughs> like, bro, it's amazing they can hold this shit for so long, but you don't realize they're not actually cranking down on. Yeah, dude, don't dispose them like that. No, I mean, it's, a lot of this shit they do is is. You hear it's fake, and it's just like you can't fake jumping off of yeah. top. Yeah, of no. Ric Flair went on Mike Tyson, and so did The Undertaker. He went on their podcast, and Mike Tyson's like, dude, I respect what y'all do. It's like Undertaker has like 20 surgeries under his belt. Yeah, and he was wrestling at, at like 45 years old. Yeah, no, that's ridiculous. But let's get into some yeah, martial arts, baby. Bro, martial go. arts and mental health. Let's go. <laughs> All righty, y'all. Welcome on back to the Mind Over Matter podcast. We got episode 44. 44 with Matt. Matt, how you doing, man? Hello, hello. Great to, ha- great to have you guys. Great to talk to you guys. I, oh, like, yeah. It is, there's lightning outside. It's like absolutely fucked right now. It's pre- pretty nice over here in Florida, baby. <laughs> yeah, you guys are lucky. New York is literally looks like Blade Runner right now. Like, <laughs> Their accents are a lot cooler, though, I will say. I don't even have yeah. the Boston accent, so I'm not cool. Yeah, what's <laughs> up with that, man? Yeah, I, I don't have the Pakyaka in Harvard. What about what about coffee? Coffee, yeah, coffee. Yeah, coffee. How'd you dodge it? Like, I dodged you... it because I'm an hour and a half away from Boston. That's why. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, that. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Look, I mean, I'll do it, man. How you feeling today, Kev? I'm feeling great, dude. How are you? Feeling spicy, man. Uh oh. Spice. Hopefully ready to not get into spice. it. Yeah. No, I actually. Uh, it's funny that I. First off, we set up this yesterday with Matt, and I completely forgot about it today. But in the gym today was the first time I was just throwing some punches at the bag. So the good Lord put this in my path for a reason. So <laughs> let's get into it, Matt. Man, you you teach martial art martial arts up there in Massachusetts. You want to talk a little bit about uh, just kind of how you got into it. What what led you to start doing that? Yeah, so that's actually like second, sort of like a side gig type deal. So when I was thinking about what I actually wanted to do with my life, finally it was when I was like 17, 18, I went to college. I was pre-med and I was there for like a year and a half. I was doing medical laboratory sciences and I, because I was always a science kid. So I was like a big science nerd. 
And I never really sort of recognized like anything entrepreneurial about myself or like that I didn't want to be an employee or that whole shtick. Um, I never really thought about any of that stuff. So I did medical laboratory sciences for like a year and a half. And I was like, I really like science, but I fucking hate this. And I could never do this as a job. Um, so I dropped out. So I was like a year and a half in. Um, had, I was doing really well, too. My parents were like, why are you dropping this? Like, What's wrong with you? And I took some odd jobs for a bit, sort of trying to figure out what I actually wanted to do. And then I went back to the whole um, sort of mantra that you hear a lot where it's like, do something you're passionate about. And when I was six years old, when I started martial arts. So my dad put me in because I got beat up in, on the playground and all that. So no. that whole typical like high school or not even high school, elementary school. Bully. Six year old boy. Yo. <laughs> and shoved in lockers and you know what and stuff like that. So when I was six, my dad put me in martial arts. Um, he was a prison guard and he worked as a police officer for 20 years. So he got me started with that. Um, he was also he was also a black belt too in, in a different style. But he got me started really young. So that's something I was always passionate about. Um, I never did like organized sports. I did baseball for a little bit. Um, never played like basketball or football. So I was always passionate about martial arts. So when I dropped college, I was like, hey, maybe I'll go back to, you know, something I'm passionate about. So I went back to my original school. Uh, first school was I learned Kempo. I did that for about over a decade. Um, and I got my secondary black belt in Kempo. So I did that. I went back to the original school and I'm like, hey, I just dropped out of college. I have no idea what I want to do with my life. Can you maybe tell me more about running a school or like maybe me becoming an instructor? So they took, he took me under his wing. Um, I did that for about a year. And I'm like, okay, so I like this. I found something I'm passionate about. I love instructing kids. I taught the kids class. I helped teach some of the adult classes too. Um, but the now the issue became that I wasn't making enough money. And I realized that I wanted to make more money. And I didn't have location freedom. So I sort of, my goals changed. So as I went down the path of like, oh, do something you're passionate about, my goals changed for like the 800th time in my life through that like three-year period. I'm like, well, I really love this. And it sort of like gives me the fulfillment, but it doesn't give me the like goals that I want to get to. So I dropped that and then I went to a different martial arts school because he was giving me a different opportunity. Um, he was saying that he would give me his own, like my own franchise location and that I could sort of build that out. So this guy, he taught a Muay Thai studio and he also connected to that, had a, I love kickboxing studio. So he had his own franchise, I Love Kickboxing, and his own Burke's Martial Arts. So he taught a Muay Thai school and a kickboxing studio. So I'm like, okay, I like this more. Maybe I can have different franchises and I can do this whole, like the sort of idea you're like, oh, I can go live on a beach in Marbella and have like all these businesses that run themselves. And of course, that's not how it works, I learned. But <laughs> it's, of course, it's, that's the dream. But And so I went to that Muay Thai school and I did that for like another year. I'm like, wow, I really love this. And it's really giving me that fulfillment, but it's not giving me the money. <laughs> like, it's just yeah. not there. Like, I love this so much. And it's something I don't think I'm ever going to stop until I'm physically incapable of doing it. But um, so I mean, that's that's crazy because that's like that's like where me and Kevin are right now. It's like we took a step back from the army. All right. What are we passionate about? And we started the podcast and we're like, all right. Podcast is awesome, but we need some money too, bro. Like, like, it'd be awesome to be able to just do this podcast forever and not, not have to do much else and get the money through this. But like you said, the reality sinks in at some point. You're like, ah, oh, damn it. That's like <laughs> everything. That's like a creative thing. Like artists, musicians, us. You know, it's just like the passion's there. It's just so many times the money. You know, is the big issue. 
that, that's I always, did it. Yeah. Damn, that, that's, it always seems like that that's like the beauty of the creator economy that we're in now. It's like you have the freedom to do stuff like this. So even if you wanted to pursue something that's purely creative, you could even make like a course on it. You could make your, you get your YouTube ad revenue, get your revenue from podcasts or whatever. And there's a million different avenues you can take to take that purely creative passion that you think you couldn't make money with. You just turn it into something completely different that you didn't expect. And that's like, that's the world we live in now. So yeah, more, there's so much more opportunity for it. It's a good time. I think I, I did want to ask, did, did you stop getting beat up when you did learn karate? <laughs> yeah. So, so that happened about in middle school. So in middle school was where people, like, people were still messing with me because I was always like a reserved kid. And I think that's probably just typically your, your product of how you grow up, like family, um, all, all those different facets of, of your growing up. But when I was in middle school, I was still a reserved kid. So I'd still get um, like verbally bullied, typical like exclusion and all that, like ostracization, if that's a word. Um, and I got into one singular fight and then nobody ever messed with me again, like ever. So there was literally one time it was like some kid mouthed off to me in gym class. And I kind of just whacked him. And then he had, <laughs> he had a nose. Like, I'm like thinking that. some karate, like. Well, it wasn't anything. Yeah, it was nothing crazy. It was just like, oh, we shouldn't mess with this kid anymore. Like, we oh. should, like, back up. Like, it was the, the one time I just, I couldn't stand it anymore. And then he, like, walked up to me, got physical with me. I'm like, okay, no, we're not. I hit him once. He had a bloody nose. It was the only time I've ever been suspended in my life because I'm a goody two shoes. Um, but I, we got suspended for it. And that was that. I never got messed with again after that. That, that was the end Man. of the bullying. That was first like, time I ever got suspended, dude. This kid, man. Boy, I've never heard that. I don't he, think I've heard this. He, he might be listening to this shit right now, actually. Who knows? <laughs> but uh my man Johnny. Johnny. I think he, he ended up joining the Air Force or something now. So I think I, I do genuinely believe he got better, but I think he had a rough upbringing and I mean, I hopped on the bus one day and my sister was already sitting down. We were on the way home or we didn't even leave yet. And for some reason, he, he said some crazy, something crazy, used foul language. And we're, I mean, what are we like 10 years old? So my sister said, yo, like chill. And he said back to her, like, shut the fuck up. You mother effing bitch. Oh. And I like, I like heard it. So I At turn around. 10, like, what bro? the hell? Yeah, bro. I like turned around. I'm like, dude, where's this kid learning this? Like, yeah. He's like, yeah. yeah dude. <laughs> <laughs> it been a crack house probably. Yeah. Like, not, like 10 to 12. We had to be seventh or eighth grade. So whatever that is. I, yeah. Like it's probably like 11 That's to 13. Abusive maybe. father right there. Exactly yeah. So I, dude, I turned around and I was like, what did you just say? <laughs> and he repeated it. And I ended up uh, pinning up, pinning him up against like that back seat in the, in the, the bus, pinning him yeah. up and just beating on his face. And my friend ended up pulling me off and I ended up, dude, I was crying on my way off the bus. Like, oh, I can't believe, like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, no, to, my like sister. My, to family though. Hell yeah. I, yeah. I no, I didn't. I yeah. Didn't for that either. yeah no way. I didn't know what else to do. So I was like, whatever, you're already in the seat. Let me just beat the shit out of you. And then I ended up going into the Dean's office and he's like, Hey, so. My mom was there at the time and he's like, Hey, so, uh, you just can't do that. I was like, you, you know what he said, right? And he's like, yeah, he just owned up to everything he said. He just told me again what he said, but you can't do that. And I was, was like, okay. And my mom was there too. We left, we went home and she made me cookies. I had a, 
people and it was like a five day weekend because it was on a Thursday. It was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. So <laughs> that's it was a like, win cool. right there, bro. That's so, a so it, was, it was a win. Yeah. So, so what I'm getting from this is it was a win. Was yeah. Big W, dude. But I never learned martial arts and I'm still like, <clears throat> I still would like to, but I mean, it ends up, you know, costing money. You got a monthly payment or whatever it is. Is there anything? Like I could do an actual step I could do alone to just start getting into it. Like when I was just punching the bag today, I was like, man, I might just be doing this all wrong. Like, is there anything you could just do in your room or something to whatever it is, hand-eye coordination for the person who doesn't play sports or something, you know, is there anything at home that we could get started with that's free? So, so there's plenty of YouTube tutorials. I always tell people that it's really hard to learn martial arts without doing it in person, without like having a physical instructor. Yeah. This is one of those things. It's it's like throwing a throwing a baseball, catching like it's very specific, nuanced, um, physical actions like that are really hard when you don't have somebody sort of fixing your form or stuff like that. Yeah. You can what I would always suggest if people don't have the money to like go off and and find a trainer or join a school, which they're not really too expensive so you'll probably get most schools will be in the vicinity of like 1200 or 1100 a year so you're paying like 100 something a month but if you can't if you can't if you can't swing that youtube tutorials and you start with basic striking so just your jabs and your crosses and then just sort of flow with combos from there so once you learn oh my camera is having a meltdown yo what is going on <laughs> you know, this is probably the thunderstorm. It's blood. Tell uh, you, it's, it's literally Blade Runner in New England right now. If you look in New nature, York, it is the sky is literally orange. Like, oh, what the hell? oh yeah. I heard about that. Yeah, yeah from them. Yeah, fires, so um, the, the fires are coming at me now. They're trying to stop me from. Oh, I did. I didn't even. Trying to stop I just saw. I just saw like a video of all the fires simultaneously starting at the same time. I don't know what the hell is happening. If I'm being honest, it's a conspiracy. Yeah, that's that's a story for another day. Conspiracy <laughs> theories. But yeah, no, it's it literally looks like Blade Runner outside, dude. It's it's crazy. But Shit, yeah, so you want to start with your basic striking. So once you learn your jabs and your crosses, then you can start throwing in hooks, uppercuts, and all that. There's a million YouTube tutorials on how to throw a jab and how to throw a cross. It really just depends on the purposes of you learning the martial art. So what this always ties back to is what, what is the reason that you want to train a, a combat sport? Do you want to do it because you have a spouse that you want to protect? Do you have a family? Do you have kids? Um, or are you doing it purely because you don't like running, which I hear because I do like the sales. I, I do sales for my own business, and I also sell the martial arts memberships too. So the other big thing, that the big reason that people join martial arts is because Running is boring and cardio sucks. So they want a fun way to lose weight or, or cut some fat off. So are you doing it just because you want to lose weight? Or are you doing it just because you want to get in better shape? Or is it a more like, oh, I want to protect people? Yeah, is it a neat? Because we were just, even our last episode, we were just talking about uh, with Robin learning a new language. So you're not just going to learn a new language just because you need a use for it. In your eyes, you have to see the end goal and the use for it. Like, oh, when I'm done, this is what I could be doing with this. Yeah, I think, yeah, that that would make a lot of sense. It, it always, like, it, it goes back to, like, it's also, like, where you are, too. So, like, if you're in your life, you're already a fit guy, you're not going to sit here and, like, only learn, like, ground fighting. It, it's just weird. Like, if you're already in good shape and you're saying, okay, well, I want to learn a style that's going to help me protect either, like I said, a spouse, family members. Um, I live in, like, a dodgy area that I'd like to be more physically capable if there were a situation like that to arise, you should always start off with a striking art. I've had this debate on a million Twitter spaces with people. Like I said, I've been trained since I was six. I'm or turning 24. So 
have over 15 years of, of combat experience. I've, I've fought in the cage nine times. I've had nine amateur fights. So like oh. I, I would consider myself an expert on, on this topic. So if you're a guy and you're already in shape, you should learn a striking art first. That either goes to Muay Thai, Krav, or something in that vicinity. So once you have a solid striking base, then I think you should join a MMA gym. Because at MMA gyms, they typically will also have a BJJ class. So if you want to fight in an amateur league or you want to fight for like I said, your like state championship or something like that, you want to go to an MMA gym because then you can get on their fight team. You can take their BJJ class and the striking class and sort of intertwine those styles. If you get on the ground on the street, you have no idea what's going to happen to you. If you get pushed to the ground on the street, there could be another guy in another alley that was waiting for the guy to tackle you and shove heroin needles in you. Like, Whoa, yeah. so this is always, this is like the sort of cornerstone of this whole argument is, but what is the point of you learning this ground fighting technique if you're still going to be on the ground for a bit anyway, because you got tackled. So as soon as you get to the ground, you're already in massive danger on the street. You could be getting yeah. stabbed. There could be another guy. There could be several guys waiting. Like you would just be straight up getting mugged at on a random time of night. Like guys are, you should, you guys already know this. Guys are way more prone to physical violence than women. Like statistically, yeah. by a no, large I'm wailing on my wife, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like, it makes sense though. <laughs> yeah, because like I've always. Not always, but as I've grown older, I'm always thinking now, like I'm my ultimate goal is just to de-escalate things. Like we have yeah. a friend that we hang out with and he has bad road rage issues and was Ooh. telling us a story about he like got cut off or something. And then he, they were yelling at, at the intersection. They pull over to the parking lot to like fight and he gets out of his car and the, the other guy does too. And like, thankfully nothing ended up happening, but I'm like, what if you just said, Hey, my bad, bro. Like, I've been having a really rough day. Odds are that guy has too. Like, there's a thousand different ways to just de-escalate that I'm like, you know, I, I would like to learn a fighting style, maybe like boxing or something, just to get away from someone. But like, yep. pull a knife on me, bro. I'm Usain Bolting in the other direction. <laughs> Swear to God. You well, that's what happened with that dude at the gym with me. You, oh, you said you watched that Magnum episode. Did you get to the story about fighting the dude at the gym? At the gym, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this, that was the same thing, bro. Like, you have no, I, I got to the ground. I was like, oh, shit. Like, I'm on the ground, dude. This dude's like 150 pounds bigger than me. They're, I lose this shit. Like, like on like on the ground. That dude yeah. in the pavement. Yeah. Yeah, no. that's You just never know. You lose if you're on the ground. You see this, this huge thing all the time where, like, guys that train the least amount are always the most aggressive. And it's just the funniest paradox to me, right? Because I've been doing this for so long, like to over a decade. And it's always the guys that come into the class with the least experience that are like, when I see red, I'm just going to start beating the shit out of this dude. Like, I don't care when you see red, unless you're like 150 pounds heavier than me. Like, I've been doing this way too long, dude. I've seen too many of you guys come and go because you get frustrated that you get whooped by some 120 pound dude. Like, yeah, it's always the same story. They come in and usually it's because they want to like fight professionally or they're like, I just want to be able to like, like be more confident. But a lot of times it's overconfidence because they're already like, a, they, they, maybe they go to the gym a lot. Um, maybe they were like, they played football in college or something like that. And they're just coming because they want to sort of improve their own combative ability. And they train for like a couple months and they just get unbelievably frustrated. 
because they're getting whooped by like dudes that are like 50 pounds less than them. And because they think it's all like, I see red, I'm just going to start beating the shit out of this dude. That's just, it's just not how it works. <laughs> and it's always those dudes that are the most aggressive. It's the yeah. least trained people are the ones that are always going to go online and start talking about, yeah, when somebody comes up to you, you just, just bop, beat them into the <laughs> pavement. Like that's not the martial arts literally means the art of self-defense. Yeah. So yeah. And that's not like if defend yourself not <laughs> go out and beat the shit out of people like that's the complete opposite that that was the thing i found myself in a situation where i couldn't defend myself and right when i texted a buddy who knew like like marsh i guess marshall he was a wrestler in high school and kind of yeah, he was in the it. army as well like he knew right away when i told him the story of what happened he knew like dude oh next time he does that just give him a knee to the dome and i was like man if i just if I just went into a class for who, maybe even like a week, I would have known that. And now my, I mean, my back's still messed up from that story, but like not, I would be good just because I went in for a week. You would have known though, learned like something enough to get your ass kicked probably is the shitty thing. Yeah. Like, what do they call that? The Dunning Kruger effect. It's like where you, yeah. you know, a little bit, but you don't know enough to know how much you don't know. It's yeah, like exactly. Trevor. In, in, yeah. Yeah. We did this this training in Green Platoon. Uh, real, real quick, shout out to, uh, I just seen Michaela Lemon in the chat. Do you good to have a viewer? Shout out to you, though. But oh, yeah. yeah, we do this training, and part of it's combatives. Where Are you familiar with like army or military combatives, what it is? Yeah, a, a bit of it. I have a couple friends that I've sparred with that were in military combatives. A lot of it is it translates well to Krav Maga. A, a lot of the stuff is, is pretty similar to Krav, because that's what the Israelis use in their um, in their military. So. Makes sense. Yeah, it's a lot of like rolling and stuff. And you always you saw the biggest guys get in there and try and muscle people, and that works if you're like 150 yeah. pounds heavier. Huge, yes, yeah. yes. But it then the guys work. that the guys that wrestle just let them use all that energy, and after 30 seconds, it was just they were gas, dude. Just like no, that, any such case. Exactly how it works. Yeah, perfect example. It was army combatives. Yeah. So are you planning? Go ahead. Um, it's it's always the aggressive dudes. It's always the dudes that have been, or sorry, it's always the dudes that have been training the least. Like, and it's always the guys that go online and talk the most crap about. Oh, I'm just gonna see red and beat the crap out of people. It's the least trained people, and well, it's the, like the guy, the guy that says, "I just got a gun." Well, that's <laughs> fine too. You should have a gun too. That's the uh, that's the part that I think a lot of people find interesting when i talk to them about anything martial arts related is i'm like yeah you should have a gun too like it's not like i can't block bullets like i can't like deflect like my my block form can't i can't block <laughs> like, is that the matrix where you yeah, if, if somebody pulls a if somebody pulls a 22 on me i can't like i can't deflect it like it's the, <laughs> you so you're have a under-trained gun. then is what i'm hearing ah. i haven't learned that move yet I haven't learned the bullet deflection move yet. <laughs> but like, yeah, no, you should have a gun too. Like you should have every sort of mode of self-defense that's available to you. You should have it. Yeah. I always think it's funny too. Like when you act like you can just go around beating people up as if you can never catch a charge. What if someone has a blood clot? Like half of American adults have blood clots now. They hit the ground dead. You're in jail for 20 years. That, like dude, that. that's exactly what my dad said at that fight. He was like, dude, like, don't do that again you have no idea like if i hit him in the head he ends up with a blood clot like uh, like i said or like he said like i'm in jail after an aneurysm this dude's like yeah like this dude acted up and now i'm in jail because he he acted up and i just had to 
put myself in that situation. Maybe You're doing 20 years too, bro. Yeah. 20 you ain't, you ain't going to county. You're going to fucking prison, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially in my especially in New England. New England has like the craziest laws for self-defense. Like there's some stupid because I believe it was a stand your ground in the south. Like if somebody comes on your property, yeah, you shoot them and you won't. Yeah, Florida, them. you could just murder anyone who comes close. That's it's not pretty, I don't think we have that in New England, or at least Massachusetts. <laughs> you can't kill people that come on your property. You will go to jail. Bro, that's insane. What's that shit? Castle Doctrine, too? I'm Castle pretty doctrine. sure, yeah. yeah. If yep. someone's Castle in your house, you can kill them for just about any reason. Yeah. I don't I don't think we even have that. <laughs> You're not supposed to kill people like that. Well, I mean, yeah. Why don't they just make murder illegal? You know, problem solved. Yeah. No, just make guns illegal. That'll fix it. Yeah. <laughs> problem solved. No, they do have some crazy like, knife laws, I think, are hella, hella restrictive up there. Too. Yeah, knife laws are weird. You can only have one like this big instead of this big, and it can't be sharp. I got a katana. You can't. can't I can't have it sharp. Oh, I, I, I just recently I went to New Hampshire and I loved it because the knife laws are so much laxer there. They, they have the what is it, live free or die? It's not a law, but it's like the way that they operate. So like you can have <laughs> you can have katanas, you can have swords, you can have oh, yeah. folding knives, you can have switch blades, you can have all that. Okay, yeah, Kevin's ass about to pull up giving me an Indian bird. I'm just gonna pull out a katana. Pull, pull, out, a katana. <laughs> yeah, pull out a gravity <laughs> knife that's fucking 18 inches long, dude. <laughs> Oh, your ass is twisted. Yeah, you assume you could do that though. You haven't got an Indian burn for me, Trev. I can really clinch it down there. Bro. I haven't gotten an Indian burn in fifteen years, dog. Well, then your arms are soft. What... <laughs> You're not calloused up, bro. Yeah, he's got to do, do the not Muay want Thai. me to get you an Indian burn. He's got to do the Muay Thai training where it's kind of like the Indian burns, where they take the wooden stick and just whack your knee. Um, what, what is it? They whack like right here. Oh, right on your shin so they train your shins so when you start kicking people it like your shins are invulnerable like you got to start doing that oh my god it's ridiculous. Ow. yeah that for it's me ridiculous. bro like you hear like the best fighters they always grow up like fighting from when they were like yeah six because they got bullied or you know they got i mean it's largely bullied but like yeah, I, I seen a TikTok of Mike Tyson and he said his son wanted to get into boxing. And he just started laughing Hell at no. him. Just laughing. He's like, Were you fucking got everything handed to you? you want to be a boxer, bro? Get out of here. <laughs> no, Mike Tyson absolutely hates like who he was in the past. If you listen to his uh YouTube, he's like, I can't believe I was that type of person. Like I, I had no other choice. That was the path I was on, but when I look back on it, like I was an angry dude all the time. In order to be the best like that. Like I, like he's, you have to be angry. You have to be pissed off at something. He's like, I just, I just hated the person I was when I stepped in the room. Everyone knew like this dude, might, he could pop at any second, <laughs> but at that the same time, like he didn't have a debt is growing. His, his childhood was brutal. And then, yeah, as for his kid, that's funny shit for like his kid to come up and feel like I want to box. No, I, I, I would always, never want to follow those shoes, bro. Hell no, I, I always resonated with that because like I was the exact same way. I was a wicked angry kid. But it, it was this weird combination because I was angry, but I was also still really reserved. So if you did make me angry, that's when I would just snap because I was always like sort of like the docile sort of introverted kid. But then when you sort of pushed me over the edge, however cringe that sounds, I would just lose it. <laughs> Because I had no, I had no way to control it. Because I had been sort of exerting that every night at four p.m. in class. So like two, three times a week, it was when I would just blow up for an hour, and that was like the release. Yeah. But if I didn't do that, like that day, and somebody like tested me, I would just lose it because I had no way to control it. 
So yeah, it, it took like... me years to sort of figure out how to quell that anger. And it was like a lot of therapy. It was a lot of like talking with um, friends about like, oh, hey, you might be a little bit too much right now. And I'm like, yeah. That makes sense. Like, yeah. <laughs> just imagine you in the lunchroom, like, fucking kill me, tough you guy. You piece of shit. Give me my sandwich back, you piece of shit. I'm going to kill your family. Yeah, bro. No, it, it, was... it's cool. It's cool, too, because I also am in the online money space, too. And I look yeah. like a nerd. So I present as, like, a nerdier person. But then I tell people, I'm like, oh, yeah, I've been training martial arts for 15 years. And they're like, <laughs> like what settle down, this settle kid? Down. my bad bro my bad it's just that's just how i am that's just how i present but it, it's cool it's a cool dichotomy yeah yeah it makes me wonder like because that's i never did a martial art i did hockey and in hockey i wouldn't like if i ever got pissed off it was like a frustration almost like to where i got so frustrated and when I did, I wasn't able to exert that energy anywhere. So it was, I, I would cry. I would get off the ice after a game and be so frustrated that I would just like go to my parents and just cry because it's just, it pissed me off that bad. It's, it's, you, a kid needs an outlet to go punch a wall or something, like just go beat the shit out of something. Every kid should. And yeah, I mean, especially nowadays, that's not going around. Just, no, no kids dealing with how to be angry that's the problem <laughs> yeah you, that stuff doesn't happen anymore so i think i've talked about this with so at the end of all of my classes it, it's a karate tradition i'm not sure if a lot of other styles will do this i know muay thai doesn't do it the exact same but at the end of class especially with the younger kids we always talk about like a specific mantra or some sort of old proverb that relates to something in the student creed so that's modesty, courtesy, integrity, self-control, perseverance, and indomitable spirit. So it's some sort of proverb that relates to that or like a story that helps the kid conceptualize one of those topics. So and one of the things that I think I've mentioned a lot to like sort of the, um, the kids that are like 15 you know, and 15 and up and even in, in the adult classes too, is that these kids don't, like you just said, they don't, there's no outlet anymore to release anger. It's only sports. And the kids even have more anger now because they have all this pent up rage about all of these things that they can't even affect because of the internet, right? Yeah. So we live in this information age. We have all of this information. You're angry about something in a totally different country that you can't even affect. You're angry about what your friend said to you on Xbox. You're angry about you just failed a test. You're angry about what your mom said to you. And then you just happen to snap once at school and then you're suspended for like two weeks. Like, yeah. and what the parents will tell me when, whenever we talk about, whenever we talk about something like that is that, yeah, when they're like, when I was in school, we'd have fights in the parking lot and the teachers yeah. wouldn't even care. And I'm like, that's a really good point because well, now kids yeah. are bringing guns, bro. You can't let that happen. Cause now we got kids carrying no, guns. That's insane. Guns. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's just, whenever they say that it's, it puts it in perspective for me too. Cause it's like, wait a minute. That's exactly how it used to be. They would settle these differences mm -hmm. at school. They just get it done. Like, yeah. And everybody knew after that. school, go across the street to the park where we're off school property and everybody just do whatever you want. The just settle. Show just up. get it over with. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. shit, we did that in the army. I countless times, like dudes have a problem. We would just close the shop doors and freaking knock it out. You know? Well, it's and it even got so bad to where 
I thought it was bad to defend myself. So like even at, I had a running in, it wow. was yeah. around the same time, uh, eighth grade, something like that. We were playing intramural, intramural basketball. And if, I mean, that's where a lot of my problems have stemmed from is playing basketball. I don't do it seriously, but whenever I go do it for fun, it turns into an argument or whatever the hell. And this kid, like I could still see it in his name. Daryl Bogard, I'm name dropping because he's, he's an walking, OG. He's he's yeah, walking. I hope I hope yeah, he does. Scary. Tony Tony Bella, we had Tony on Kev, and we talked. Oh about yeah, Darryl yeah, he was cool, bro. Shout out yeah, to him and Daryl were homies. We all played baseball together. But what this one time we played basketball, I he said something, I said something, and it was like across the gym, I seen him start running at me. Like I I was leaving and I flicked him off. And I turned around and I saw him start running at me. And all I did, bro, what oh, of these? Yeah. <laughs> that's it, bro. And I kicked him right in the chest. He couldn't breathe, and that was it. I walked out. And I was oh, like, oh shit. But I like I almost felt bad. Like, ah shit, like that. I, what else was I gonna do? <laughs> like, Gave him one to the front. An, yeah, another time where I just started tearing up because I'm like, ah, I'm so frustrated. Did I do the right thing? What's going on? Like. It just that's what I did was tear up because I didn't have like, all right, no, everything's going to be OK. It's almost like I don't know. Is that something you really learn when you start martial arts is like, uh, I guess, yeah, self-discipline your own body when you're right and when you're wrong. Like, do you start feeling like that mental uh, self-awareness? So I think one of the biggest things that you learn when you've been training for a long, long time is that it really like you just said discipline is one of the biggest things. And that's discipline when it comes to the skills that you've learned. So when somebody messes with you and you are a trained individual, your first instinct when you are disciplined from training is not to beat the person up. Right. You are so trained that you're like, ooh, if I threw something at this guy, I'd really hurt him. And I don't think I really want to hurt him. Like it's, <laughs> you yeah. see all the, the new age stuff about stoicism now. And like I think that kind of can tie into this really well because it's like you really want to be angry at these people when they mess with you. But like you just said earlier, it's like they probably got something going on, too. And yeah. now you have all of this training. You're like, I don't want to use it on this poor dude who just like wanted a bagel and like cut me in line. Like, I don't want to beat the fuck out of his random. You think brain. Nate Diaz is going around thinking, oh, I'm, I'm about to beat this cat up. Like, no, hell yeah. no. Kill him. Hell Let no. me get my Frappuccino, bitch. <laughs> <You know? laughs> somebody cuts him. Somebody cuts him in line. He's like, oh, that's it. We're going to the ring. Like, put him in. <laughs> Like, <laughs> gets him in a clinch immediately yeah, yeah like gives him one of them indian burns baby yo oh yeah you don't want to be a, well you see with that dude i don't want to give anyone an indian burn frankly just because i <laughs> would probably break their arm you're too powerful too that's dangerous. what i'm saying he's dude. too powerful <laughs> wait you're way too powerful well there you go viewers exhibit a right here <laughs> yeah okay case in point i mean dude it's just like you, you ever done like gate training trevor in the army and it's like you you learn real quickly that you can't just go shooting everyone yeah yeah <laughs> it's yeah, like then, you almost have to be getting like a bullet flying towards you to engage someone yeah you're like, like i got this cool gun on my hip but i can't use it it's yeah, kind of <laughs> shitty you can't even point it at people bro it's it's yeah. it's pretty crazy dude but it's like I'm really glad that they teach us to be so kind of skittish a little bit of that because it'd be so easy, but people are not trained in most of the countries that we're invading. And so it's so easy for us to, you know, just murder all of them, frankly, but yeah. you know, you just can't be doing that. People get angry about it. Yeah. I yeah. think people <laughs> like it a little 
angry about that. I'm just I not to get political, but like that's just what happens, bro. We go over to these countries, we bomb them all to hell, and then we act like they're the terrorists, bro. I'm sorry, I'm sorry dude. That's the most accurate thing I've ever heard from a military guy. Yeah, like, it's well, why don't they like us? It's because they hate freedom and democracy. Like, no, yeah, we okay. hundreds of innocent people. Yeah, probably because we just bombed their home city. Yeah, they, yeah, they blew off my, too. my grandpa and father in a drone strike. I hate your ass, dude. What the hell, dude? I'd kill every single one I could find. Especially yeah. when you got those rules of engagements like we do. What's the Hillary Clinton thing? It's like air strikes, bomb them. We- <laughs> What'd she say about Gaddafi? We came, uh, we saw he died or something. He crazy. died. Yeah, that he shit died. just like chills down my spine. I'm like, what? Oh, this bitch is crazy. Can't figure out why they don't like us. Yeah, it's or a who, mystery. Yeah, there was. Yeah, oh man, I don't remember the other clip. Oh, the Bill Gates. Never mind. That was, that was a COVID thing. Well, he's dead. He's like, do you, oh, yeah, they asked him about Epstein, and he's like, well, he's dead. So and we're like, dude, holy shit. Like, it's I mean, just yeah. so brazen, bro. <laughs> yeah. I did want to ask real quick. You said you dropped out of pre-med, right? Yep. It was pre-med so for I, a year I was uh, technically pre-med for like a year in the Army. I was trying to do those uh, like science with the lab classes, and yeah, I found these – um, this school where they would ship you a, a box of experiments to do. And so I had to, of course, deploy it. I'm like trying to do all these experiments with, it, it was like, get a raw potato. I'm like, I don't have that. I got like a potato chip, but any, anyway, though, I, I, I found oh, out real quick, real quickly. It wasn't much like critical thinking. It was all memorizing. And like that's what really kind of turned me off. It's like I don't really have the chance to think for myself. It's this is this, and you're not. There's not really any questioning things. It's just I'm I'm a little bit too inquisitive about it. And I wanted to ask, like, why did you drop out? So the main reason I dropped out was just because of sort of how I envisioned it to be in like 50 years. So yeah, when Ooh. you're young, right? Everybody's like, oh, you have to. What do you want to be when you grow up? It's like what. And that doesn't really sort of jive with most people when they hit like 18, 20, because you hear, what do you want to be? And then that sort of translates to what career do you want to have? And what career you have isn't really who you are, right? It's not even, it's not the lifestyle you live. It's not the the interactions and like the friends that you've made along the way type deal. But when I thought about it, I'm like, huh? So I have to sit in a lab for 50 years. I have to look at blood, blood cell counters for 50 years. I have to do immunology reports for 50 years. And then I'm like, I'm just picturing myself doing that. And I'm like, I can't do this. Because like I said, I was always a science kid. So I actually enjoyed doing the analysis of blood cells, learning about diseases, um, doing those clinicals. I enjoyed it. But then when I thought about my future of like, oh, I'm going to do this for 50 years. I'm like, no, I can't do this. No way. It's just not something I could have in any way pictured myself doing. Looking back, thing. yeah, looking back, you think that like you're you're uh, happy with that decision? Oh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely, and and yeah, go into your little uh, side or not side gig, I guess your your website stuff. Yeah, so okay. so that so how that happened was so after I dropped out of uh, pre med and I was taking those odd jobs, that's when I started learning about online business because a little bit before I dropped, that was when I found Andrew Tate. So I found oh, him. Oh hell you know, yeah! Well, yeah. yeah. So when'd you drop out, real quick, then? So I, I dropped out in a 20, 2020, like early twenty twenty. Okay, like perfect time. 
Yeah, so so that's when so I found Tate like way before he went like viral, viral yeah. like a couple of years before. And that was when a lot of his videos on YouTube were about like combating depression as a man and like ways to sort of circumvent the sort of mundane lifestyle that a lot of guys live. And I, I don't think I was ever really depressed, but I had a point when I after I dropped out that I was really, really depressed. And that's because I was doing all these odd jobs. I wasn't pursuing something that either made me, it was, and it was giving me any of those sort of things on the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? So no fulfillment, no money, no like, no anything, no like no purpose, relationships, yeah. no purpose, no nothing. And like, I was just so lost. I, I worked for Amazon. I did home care because my mom was a nurse. So I had, a, I had it in there. So I did home care for the elderly and disabled. Um, I worked worked at CVS. I was working at like all these random places. I stocked shelves overnight for a year. That was, that was the main point when I was actually that, learning. About, yep. That's what I did before the army, baby. A lot. Everybody always like, Oh my God, I stocked shelves too. A lot. So many guys have been there doing <laughs> the overnight 10 hour shift. Dude, out. I was, yeah, no. And, uh, I, when I was deciding whether or not to join the army, a full time position opened up at the home Depot where I was at. And my mom was full time all growing up. And it was just one of those things like, man, I saw my mom in retail all growing up. I have this like I this would be so easy mm -hmm. making like 15 bucks an hour full time. Like I could take this to the top. I know I could be where my mom's at. This would be easy money. And I get home and I tell my mom, hey, they just offered me the spot. She's like, Trevor, you're not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Trevor, you're not doing that. Smart, smart mom, I think. <clears throat> yeah, no, I, we were just talking smart. about it yesterday, maybe the day before. I'm like, mom, honest, thank you so much that like, you. You paved the road for something great, really, just by saying no, you are not going to be an overnight boxer for your for your career, man. Shout out, shout, yeah, shout the out website. all moms. Yeah, that's, yeah. The, that's, that's, that's to the moms out there. That's such a good yeah. thing. Shout out all moms. Hey, yeah. mom cast, baby. Shout yes, out, mom. Sir. No, that's where my uh, my former job was easy to make that decision. I was a ride operator at an amusement park. Oh. You wouldn't know by looking at me, yeah. But like, because I worked in the kids section because they hired. Are you dealing with a bunch of annoying kids or annoying adults? Dude, yeah. uh, kids. <laughs> they were undude. The kids were so bad, bro. Like, oh, most uh, most of them were pretty okay, but it's the the really fat ones that wanted me to pick them up, and it's like, bro, I don't have workers' comp. What if I hurt myself? And they're the stickiness of the kids out in Colorado. I don't know what it is about 2013, but kids were so sticky back then. It was just like, ugh, you know, sticky. <laughs> like sometimes we, we called them majors in the in the industry, but they'd make me go work. Yeah, they make me run the uh, adult rides, right? And, majors. Uh, yeah, the we majors. I moved up so to the majors. Called baby. up and playing AAA no more. And they were they were worse just because they didn't listen because they were all fucked up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all like, drunk. Yeah. The, the kids would listen to me, but these cats were, and I'm just like, bro, they wanted me to come back another summer, and I'm like, dude, I am not gonna. I'm be done. Listening. Yeah, I'm all set. Yeah. No, well, I, I relate to that because you know, I teach kids and adults. So, and there's always like there's there's two types of kids that learn martial arts. One of them is the kid that got forced into it for some reason because they're overweight, uh, they're not confident. Um, some ex ex external factor like that. Um, it's like their parent, like I said, they, they more so forced them into it, um, mm -hmm. either because they maybe they weren't interested, like I was, they weren't interested in like baseball, football, hockey. Yeah, like me that. right here. Yeah, yeah, this, they yeah, got, yeah, they acted yeah. up constantly for no reason at all. 
they got so they kind that that kid kind of got forced into martial arts, and they either quit really really early, and they just act out during class, um, and they just they ruin the whole class. I'm like, all right, mom, you gotta you gotta take him out. He clearly doesn't <laughs> want to be here. Like this is your fault. Like it's it's an awful <laughs> talk you have to have. Like it's, your fault. It will. It, it's you don't obviously say it that pressing, but that's just how it is. It's like you force the kid into this yep. because I know you want the kid to be better and like more disciplined, but this just isn't the avenue for it. Like he doesn't want to be here. You can't. So you don't think that would save a decent amount of what's going on in today? Is just a bunch of kids going into martial arts? No. Oh no. I recommend martial arts to every any parent who asks me about it. Like because a lot of times they'll have friends of the kid come in and watch uh, yeah. it so and then those parents will sort of they'll question after like oh so how does this work like what are the times like can you show me the schedule can i like talk to you some other time i preach it to every any family that has young kids that are already athletic should at least give it a try because yeah. it's not it, this is the, the biggest overarching thing about this it's not just about being combat ready most martial arts schools will also teach you the mental aspect of it so whether that's some sort of student creed or that's just some aspect of discipline that runs throughout the whole school, you will learn mental fortitude. You will learn how to be confident, not just because you are ready for combat, but because you are of sound mind. Um, you are just a more disciplined and motivated person. You become more modest. Um, that's So like I said, the, the student creed that most, a lot of karate, at least Americanized karate schools will follow is modesty, courtesy, integrity, self-control, perseverance, and indomitable spirit. So that's the student creed that basically every Americanized karate school will follow. And those things are drilled into the kids from white belt to junior black belt. So the, the first thing that you have to do when the kid comes in is they memorize that student creed. That is the first thing that every kid has to do. Where have I heard it. that before? Yeah, no, no, man. Like this is this is exactly what I'm thinking. Like this all sounds exactly what it was like to go into the army. Like the basic training that it sounds very similar, except it it's almost it's better because you you choose to do it. You're still with your families. Like you're not. You're it's not, not yeah. a complete like. I guess you could say the basic training is like going cold turkey, almost like the opposite of like you just cut everything and you learn how to get ready. It's, it's, this it. just seems like a perfect medium. Like yeah, no, I, I recommend it to every, every yeah. single family. Like anybody yeah. that has young kids that maybe act out a little bit too much and you'd like them to be a bit more disciplined because I know that's always something that parents will say, especially in like the first meeting. They're like, this kid, little, this little guy right here, he loves to mouth off to me all the time. And obviously it's usually not that serious, but it's just the parents, they would, you would obviously like your kid to be very disciplined and very mm -hmm. self-motivated. So that's always just something the parents will say. Um, but well, yeah. Websites. We, we skipped over websites. Oh, we did skip over. We started <laughs> talking about and this. Is, I love talking about martial arts. It's actually my yeah, favorite. No, that's awesome because, yeah, I don't know shit about it. No, I'll, I'll yeah, go, back, <laughs> go back to that. So um, I had already learned about Andrew Tate before I dropped out of college. And that was sort of the first, my first sort of thing that got me into online business. Mm -hmm. And this was when he was promoting crypto stuff. So this week he was still promoting his uh, decentralized finance course. And that was the first online course I ever bought. So oh, wow. it, was, it was his guide to DeFi. It was, it was like Tate's guide to DeFi. I don't think it was exactly, it doesn't matter. But so I bought that and crypto was like my introduction to online money. I didn't know anything about copywriting or web design or lead generation or anything like that. Absolutely nothing. 
So I joined, I, I was a crypto guy on Twitter for a bit. I was one of the guys that posted all the charts and stuff and like analyzed oh. all the numbers. So I, I was one of the, I was one of those guys for like oh, yeah. a year. And for like, it was like close to a year. And that's when I was still working odd jobs. And this is why I think I was so lost. Cause this is what happens with a lot of guys, especially like that want to pursue this entrepreneurial world and they get caught up in internet money is it's incongruent. So let's say they're a very naturally creative person and then they put themselves in lead gen. It doesn't work because you are quite literally going against your God-given talent. Like you are a naturally gifted creative and you can come up with these fresh new ideas, but you put yourself in this hyper analytical data-driven role. So if that happens with so many guys, but anyway, so I'm naturally creative. So I did a lot of different things. I did consulting. I was doing advertising for a bit. I did Google ads for um, local companies. I was doing Google ads for landscapers. That failed because I didn't stick with it. I did consulting for crypto. I was helping like financial advisors and tax advisors. Um, I was helping them learn about crypto when it was booming. This is when Bitcoin was like 50, 60K. It was like close to peaking at 75. And I did that for a bit. Um, Again, I didn't really have the, the gumption to stick with it. So I dropped that as well. Um, so I, I failed at Google ads. I was failing at consulting. And I'm like, okay, I need to like do the whole meme of where you stick to something for six months and don't give up because that's my problem. I can't. I haven't that's what we yet. just got done doing, bro. Yes, sir. I yeah. haven't found that thing yet. So when I was working that stocking job, the, the stocking shelves at a local grocery store, that was when I really went hard on coding and uh, web development and web design. So I took... The about nine months that I was working at this grocery store to just absolutely hammer in web development, JavaScript, all, all these different coding languages and website design, and all these different copywriting frameworks. Um, I read several copy books. So I took that basically year to learn all of that. And during that time, I went back to some of those old Google Ads clients and I pitched some web design for free, started learning a bit about that. And then in like end 2020, early 2021 is when I launched my first agency was when I was doing SEO and website design for local contractors. So that's anything like pest control, um, like I said, landscaping, cleaning, anything like that. So any sort of local home service people, that was my first agency. All right. That's kind of what we kind of did the flip. We started trying to do web design. And that was the problem though, too, is like, just like you, I'm very creative. I could I love websites. I love even creating the stuff for the podcast. Like it's it's just the part that I love about it. But then I got into the lead gen, like you said, and it's just like, oh my god, dude, I don't want to call any of these guys. Yep, I'm not I'm not going to call any of these guys. And then then we went into the lead gen, real estate lead gen, and we're like, man, I think this is just um, it's too much after we've already found what we like the most is the podcast. Like it's just we're trying to figure out this lead gen stuff and that's just not who we are and we're not getting even a remote bit of fulfillment out of it oh, we stopped that all. but now we're just doing this yeah and now we're not getting a remote bit of money from it so it's like all right well now we got to go back back to the drawing board and figure something out because really once you get money and you could just put it all into like into one thing whatever it is when you start a business you, you start getting money in you put the money right back into the business it just it just booms. That's all it takes is just a little bit. And then you just go into it and boom, but we just got done with the six months. We're like, finally, you know what? This lead gen stuff isn't going to work out. So it's just, it was a miserable, like, and it didn't work, you know? Yeah. Like we put a decent amount of money into it and we just couldn't do it. It was just too much at once. But yeah, a lot of, a lot of dudes try to 
figure out something online. And, and it normally is when you follow that first person, you find that first person, and you're like, oh, I can make money online. Let me try it. And they're like, oh, shit. Well, I'm not doing this. <laughs> and they're posting fake Shopify screenshots the whole time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like, that's always the problem too it's just you, you have to navigate this very dodgy landscape of like full of scammers mm-hmm. and that's why like the best advice is you have to find people whose free content makes you money so if you find yeah. someone whose free stuff makes you money imagine what their paid stuff would do like imagine if somebody's giving you like a whole a to z playbook like launch socials for example like nick and uh, logan fitz mm-hmm. or for like me I, I have a completely free program that literally chronicles how i built turbo sites from a to z like the two years that took me so if you're if you like they they give you the launch socials playbook for free so if you look at the people that are giving you this all this free value imagine how good it would be if you paid them to help you implement it that's like the best advice i can give to people that want to find good content and like I said, the landscape of digital marketing and, and all of this, it's so dodgy. And I feel really bad for people that are like trying to get into it because there's, there's a billion courses you can buy. Like there's only like, let's say eight skills that you can really learn. And a lot of them just tie back into copywriting, like email, email marketing. It's just copywriting. Like yeah. e-commerce is a mix of everything. Lead gen is copywriting and a lot of Sales. software implementation, like a lot of it just ties back right, right back into copywriting. So it, it is definitely very tough to find the right courses that you will actually be able to implement and make money from. So I, where I, I would you start now? If you dropped out now, where would you start? If I dropped everything, I'd probably start with copywriting. I would yeah. go I'd learn copy because I did it. I did it backwards. So I learned web design and web development before I learned copywriting. So I was making these really cool websites, but they didn't really do anything because I didn't yeah. So if I could do it again, I'd, I'd learn copywriting first, and then I'd learn coding and a, a supplemental skill that enhanced the copy that I already knew how to write. So that I would, good. I would say too though, like with the courses, if if it's like a legit good course, it's not going to be fifty bucks. Like, I mean, we looked at Tate's website and it had like it, it would show you crypto copywriting, all this. It was like all this shit. And it was like fifty bucks a month. I'm like, that can't be good. It can't be good stuff, dude. No, that's that's pretty accurate. Yeah, it, it, a lot of the stuff that that tends to be that like low ticket is just very introductory material. That just is just like a you're supposed. Yeah, to I was just it. gonna say. Yeah, it's yeah. at least it's an introduction to it, and it's it's cheap. But sadly, you have to just find that out because you can't. I mean, you could, but it's a lot harder to get introduced to the online money scene for free. Like without joining Cashflow Syndicate, I would have never known that I can make money in 30 different ways online. And I wouldn't have found out that, well, really, everybody's just a normal person online. We just got to fit in. Like you don't find that out until you start digging into online and what's going on. It's just like mm-hmm. what, a, another like mental health thing, figuring out through trial and error. Yeah, no, you you will. People will totally underestimate. This is one of the biggest things people will absolutely until the day they die underestimate how much failing you have to do especially for something like this entrepreneurial the amount of people that i've reached out to in the last three years i couldn't even tell you it's got to be in like the 20,000s. i've cold called probably over three thousand people and you can imagine how many times people have told me to fuck off 
Yeah. And like with the consulting Google ads that I failed at, that was like three months of me just hammering it down. I get no results, nothing. I mean, I didn't make a penny. Like yep. with web design, I didn't make a penny for those nine months that I was learning it. I couldn't even get a client. Like I, I sat there and I was like, oh, but I know how to do all this. And like, there's so many different components you have to learn. Like you can't even just learn the skill. You have to learn how to create systems. You have to learn how to find clients. You have to learn how to get them into a sales process that actually drips them the right information. So they believe in your ability to get them results. You have to fulfill properly. You have to communicate properly. There's all these different intersecting skills that you learn along the way. And like people think they're like, okay, I've learned copywriting. Now let me just go get a client. Go get a client means like a hundred different things. Like there's so <laughs> many different components to getting a client that it just becomes, it's, a, it's just a big learning process. Like anything else, it's just like school. Like you're like, all right, we're going to learn about the mitochondria being the powerhouse of the cell. Or like, we're going to learn about the cell. So what do we start with? We start with the nucleus and then we go out and then we go to the rest of the parts of the cell. Like there's so many intersecting parts of running any type of online business, even if you're just a freelancer, you're not even an agent. I mean, talk about yeah. being an agency. Like there's just so much that you have to do and it's all just trial and error. Like you said, it's all just how many times can I fail before I finally find the one time where it all just clicks. Like the yeah, 80% and- yeah, of like garbage that you do is going to drive like the 20% of results. Yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, that was us, Trevor. Yeah. Like, I was just going to say, but even after failing that long, like, me and Kevin know that we have tried it. Like, we've tried it. We know what it takes. And if we want to come back, we can. But for right now, that's something that just ain't going to happen, Chief. And And we would have never known that. We would have just been sitting idly by looking at everybody doing it and just been like, ah, should I do it? Should I try it? It's like you just don't know. You have to go fail and you have to go realize what's going on in the real world and see what's happening and open yourself up to the world and take that step back. This just it always reminds me of like I I tell this to a lot of because I've talked to probably 200 plus young guys, either from irrational optimists, other Mm -hmm groups that i'm in or just from twitter because i have like 1300 followers on there like 1500 on linkedin or just people the one thing that i i think i've said the most amount of times is that whether you succeed or you fail regardless it's gonna be one hell of a story to tell yeah so it, it like even if you completely go to zero you still learn something like if i when i went to zero with google ads i ran up a credit card i ran up like two grand in credit card debt doing that and I was like, uh, what fuck do I do? <laughs> like, I'm like at complete zero. I'm working a stocking job. I make like $12 an hour. What am I supposed to do? I, you like go into overdrive. You're like, but wait a minute. When I was doing that, I learned that local service contractors respond better to cold calls and they respond better to this type of pitch. So maybe I can use that for my next venture. So you fail at that, but you'll learn one little thing that you can tweak the next time you try. And then I went into my next niche. I'm like, okay, so let me try hitting up pest control companies. I know that the last guy I talked to said that this is their big pain point. So let me try to reference that on the phone. And then I'm like, wait a minute, I got a second call. He wants to learn more. Okay. So let's get on the phone again. And then let's pitch him the service. And I'm like, I just signed a client. And it's only because I completely messed up and ran up $2,000 in credit card debt that I learned. <laughs> like, I will say, I, yeah, in that six months that we were running our shit, we probably learned 
five years worth of information because we would yeah. never get caught up on like a a decision. It wasn't like we'd get our, we thought that it would, regardless of what we did, we'd learn from it. And so we weren't trying to do the perfect thing. It was option A or option B. We'll just pick one and see if it works, <laughs> you know? And oh, like, exactly. I, yeah, I just think people are afraid to fail at things and then they end up pushing kind of off the knowledge that they could learn if they were just like, hey, fuck it, who cares? Yeah, no, it, it's it's always like the same thing where, where people want to start like their Twitter accounts. I know a lot of us have met through, through Twitter, right? And it's the money Twitter world. People will literally sit there and they're like, do I make a new Twitter account? I have some friends from high school that follow me. Yeah. Well, what if they make fun of me? I'm like, well, <laughs> like, yeah, that was my first the, idea. Who gives a fuck? Who cares? <laughs> who, like, people are going to make fun of you anyway. Like, people make fun yeah. of me all the time because I have a big forehead, but like, okay, I have a big brain and I'm wicked strong. <laughs> and like, and I wicked have an agent. <laughs> like, I'm wicked smart. I have an agency. Like, I, I built a business from zero. Like, I don't kill you. can make fun of me for whatever. Like, I sit there, I'll post stuff online. Like, it's, it's, it's just, it, it, I understand the fear. It's definitely not a crazy fear of like that, that people are going to judge you for something like that. It's not like completely outlandish. It's not like, oh, I'm afraid of birds. Like, it's not something ridiculous. It's definitely something that has a root in like, oh, I grew up and people ignored me because I had this one specific way I talked or like maybe this one specific, uh, like take I had people didn't like. So I'm afraid that if I express that online, I'm going to get shit for it. And like the way I talk, like it said, if I maybe on camera, you think you look weird or something like that. Like it's not unfounded, but like you have, you will get over it. You will yeah. get over it. If you sit there and you just post content for yeah. months on end, you will get over the fear. Like it's, that is the biggest hurdle for most people is just starting to post content online. Yeah. That's zero to one. We talk about it all the time. That's starting from zero and getting to one. And that is, it's just the hardest step. That first step is going to take, it might take a while, but if you take it, as long as you take it, you'll find like, it'll be perfect. You'll be, you, you'll be just fine. You get caught up too, like on tweets, even it's like, what if someone doesn't like this? or they think it's stupid. Like who cares? At least yeah. they read it. Like mm -hmm. you mean to tell me everyone in Jeff Bezos, life ever has thought that he, every idea he had was great. You know? Like, yeah elon musk how many times people told yeah and that's yeah that's the bro. the next point is like look man if you go into any of these millionaires billionaires whoever you want it to the successful person that you see in your eyes it's going to be like 10 times out of 10 they went through some stupid bullshit of where they doubted themselves or there's fear or whatever that's that that was the start of this podcast is like look man everybody's going through this bullshit man we're all doing it like let's just if we just do it together in one spot and just kind of get together as a team and realize, look, well, this is pretty damn normal. This is nothing too crazy. Everybody goes over this little hump. And then when you get to that millionaire spot, you look back on it. And like you said, that's one hell of a story to tell. When I go <clears throat> years from now, me and Kevin are doing just fine. And I talk about how starting this podcast, we were on phones and we we're like, ah, oh, shit, the audio sounds bad. Dude, who gives a fuck, dude? The audio I, sounds bad. Bro, what? I knew, bro. I knew. I'm like, we're going to look back at these and cringe, but it's going to be a good story. But, yeah. like, it doesn't matter, dude. Now, you don't have to be fucking Joe Rogan. Like, just push some content no. out there, dude. Look at this, dude. Get, oh, add, dude. She's got another comment, comment I wanted to read because it reminded me of something I said, like, a while ago. Yeah, that one. Shout out to you, Halicon. 
He said, don't, don't let negative thoughts play on your mind. As soon as you start feeling low, start getting busy. I do housework and all this to sort my stuff out. And I think that that's so powerful because like, there's a lot of guys that have depression and they, a lot of them can't even get out of bed. It's like, well, what's that first step? And one trick that I learned is to just do something easy that you know you can do. Like for her, it's cleaning. Now that might be even too monumental. Like go, yeah, wipe the mirror off or something. Just like the smallest little, cause it like tricks your brain. Cause you got that easy success, that easy W and then you can compound off that. And it's just like, I mean, shit, Matt, what do you do to people that are, are feeling, what do you say to them that are feeling low and just reel it down? So one of the biggest things is because I, I have a couple of friends that are kind of in situations like that, unfortunately, where they're really depressed, um, that goals are mismatched. Um, maybe they've had, they've had some issues in college or like what they wanted to do is change several times. One of the things that I think got them up the most is eating. It's, it's the Mark Twain quote. It's eating the frog in the morning. So it's like doing the hardest thing early in the day. And that's, I think, one of the most powerful things that gets a lot of those guys out of that sort of slump is they're like, wait a minute, what if I wake up and instead of me sort of dr like droning on about, oh, my life sucks or like, I can't do this, I can't do that. What if I find something really difficult that I know I'm going to have to do today that I just do? Usually it's like something workout related. So my one yeah. of my friends, it's, he, he lives at home and he, he takes his little brother for a bike ride every morning. He started doing that. So every morning he takes his little brother for a bike ride to the park. And he's like, okay, now I got sun. Now I worked out. Now, like, I feel good. I got to hang out with my little brother. And I, like, it was a wholesome experience. And, like, because he doesn't have a lot of physical activity. So he gets up. He does something really difficult in his situation that's difficult for him. And it makes him feel really good. So he's like, okay, well, I accomplished something. So I, I can't be completely worthless. Because I think that's what a lot of these guys think. They just, they get themselves into this bad spot whether that's because of like, it's like they lose sight of a certain goal um, or something of, of that nature they just get so so sad and depressed it's because it usually goes back to them they have they don't do anything difficult right like it, it yeah. sounds like really really simple and stupid but that's exactly what it is it's because they don't challenge themselves right like when i dropped out of college I, this is a perfect example of this and when i was really depressed it was because i wasn't training anymore I stopped training. I, I, I hadn't gone to karate in like five months. I hadn't gone to a class. I wasn't even working. Like when I was in between jobs, there would be months where I didn't even have a job. Like yeah. I, I wasn't working. I was literally waking up at like 2 p.m. Just doing absolutely nothing. So like, what, what do you think your brain is going to make you think about yourself if you wake up and you do nothing with your day? Do you think you're going to think you're like the top G? Like, no, you're going to believe that you are useless if you do nothing. Like, if you wake up at 3 p.m. and you've done nothing all day, you, you expect your brain to produce happy chemicals? Or like, do you think you're going to be like, wow, I suck. I did nothing. <laughs> I hope not. Yeah, like, it, it doesn't, it's good. It's just this incongruency where it's like, you have to do things that are hard. So your brain's like, okay, I accomplished something hard. So I must be worthy of doing more things. So it, it's sort of, you psych yourself into it. This is I mean, a good life hack right here. The theme song to He-Man. Go, Any man listening, bro, put on some 50 cent and tell me you don't want to go work out. And I'll show you a lot. <laughs> true. So uh, true. So 50 That's cent. a big one, though. We don't really talk in about music, though, but I know me and Trevor are always listening to oh, something, yeah. man. 
Costa. Yeah, I got something. Yeah, I got who was I just talking? Or no, uh, Jelly Roll on Joe Rogan's podcast was actually talking about that, like how in the old days, like you, it was like a CD player or some shit, and you'd had to carry it around. And now we could just walk around with music on, and we could go from instead of flipping like changing CDs, it's just Kodak Black to seventies rock to. 90s hip-hop like you could just go everywhere and it's just so cool to be able to do something like that especially with something like music yeah me and kevin use that shit constantly like oh it, all my negative emotion a lot of it goes it comes out through my music that i listen into like especially people going to the gym a lot of a lot of men get into the gym and start listening to all this like crazy screaming stuff and people are like dude how are you like when i first started listening to amity affliction just went to their uh concert shout out to them Shout out, bro. They was one of them will get on the show at some point, bro. I'm telling you, we're I'm gonna telling you, we're coming for you, Amity Affliction. Yeah, no, Aaron, bunch of Australian dudes. But you get I, into this like screaming music, and I started playing it, and like I was like, "Hey, mom, check out this this song." And my mom was like, "What the hell is your problem? Like, how how could you listen to this? Like, <laughs> yeah, like how could you possibly listen to this? Oh. Like, this is insane, dude. It hypes me yelling. up. I'm like, energy. mom, yeah, because like they're pissed off and I'm pissed off. Like we both pissed off over the same thing. <laughs> we're both struggling and we're mad about it. All right. Like, I mean, shit, Trevor, every day this man sends me a text of some lyric and I, I love it because it's like, okay, this is how he's feeling right now. It's like such a good, you got the one today, bro, from Kodak. Dude, yeah, it's like, yeah. It's such a good window. That's what I love about music, man. There's just like. There's just like there's always a lyric that can express how you feel. Yeah, what was it, it was? The pull yeah, up, Kodak man. Black. I was blinded by all the fake love. It clouds my judgment. And, and it's just, just like, bro, that's, that's okay. awesome. That's I'm the thinking the same, bro. I'm like, oh, fake love, dude. Like it gets me thinking, and I'm just like, I, I, I get to like a window into Trevor's mind, and then it makes me think too. Yeah, and sometimes oh, it's so, <laughs> it, it could be anything too. Yeah, like the the what. Yesterday was like another Kodak Black. I call it quits. Found out my baby girl a big hoe. A big hoe. Huge. <laughs> Huge. I'm like, dude, I like I'm gonna I'm gonna send it on over, whatever. Like it's and, funny. And it's my brothers too. We just throw it back and forth. And especially my little brother. Shout out to Jimmy. He's he does he's big into he don't work out, but he's big into that whole um the whole screaming music and stuff. And I know when he's sending me that. He's feeling that way. Like, he's not just going to send me it just because it's like an okay beat. Like, no, it's he's sending me because he resonated with a song and it's time for me to listen to what he's got to say. Something like that. It's it's a way to talk to people. Who's What's your favorite genre, dude? What do y'all listen to in the martial arts gym? It's yeah. all, it's, it's a ton of rap and rock, dude. It's all like, so it, it's, it's always such a funny story. So my mom loved Lincoln Park. That was like one of her favorite. Hey. It's a huge Lincoln Rest Park. in peace, just fucking what's his name? Chad. Chad, yeah, it was Chad, yeah. Um, so she has all their CDs. And before I even start, I can I can remember like barely like or I guess as I was starting martial arts, she would always play like Lincoln Park CDs when we would drive to class. And then they would play Lincoln Park songs during class. They would do that. It was like the Evanescence. They played a bunch oh, of yeah, the playlist. Like yeah. Avenged Sevenfold. Um, and then like various rap songs that were not like profanity. Like there, there was some 50 Cent in there. But yeah, it's, oh, a yeah. lot of old, it's a lot of old rock and, and rap and, and just anything in that realm. Like think anything that you think resembles Lincoln Park would probably be worth playing at, at any 
Americanized karate school. But yeah, we're, we're talking about music. So a, a lot of guys, I think, have this problem where they just listen to Juice World and then or stuff like that. Oh, hey. oh God. Man. Man. Trevor went to high school with him, actually, would you believe? Believe really? it or not. Yeah, well, that's my boy. That's, yeah, that's the story. There you yeah. go. Yeah, that's that's the boy, wow. Gerard. This, I mean, this is a good point though to bring up with this comment too. Though, <clears throat> it says, "Uh, I have to interject. It's not real instruments. It's not music. It's nursery rhymes. Real music is done by musicians, not people rhyming words in the studio, creating beats, but to each their own." That I respect, and I have heard people that don't listen to music <coughs> with lyrics in it because lyrics affect your mind. It's like. When you got your divorce, yep. Trevor, you were listening to Juice World heavy. Oh just, man, I'll tell you right now, Juice World, Whit Lowry. No one knows of this man. Whit Lowry, no, Whit I, Lowry I, I, can, I yeah. Wow, yeah, no, that dude. Lowry, yeah. His lyrics are like great lyrics, but sad lyrics. I remember sending my mom songs back to back. NF, oh. another good one. NF, sending my mom good. songs. So when I was overseas, going through my divorce, like that's all I listened to was his album. Came out while I was overseas. What is it? Um, Search. That album came out literally like four days after I was getting news, this chick sleeping around. So I was just on like repeat with all these songs, just every day waking up and listening to this. And then when I got home and was going through the struggle, same thing, listening to Juice World, like you're saying, just Juice World, Whit Lowry. And I was sending these songs to my mom. My mom was like, Trev, man, you got to stop. And of course, it's my mom. So I'm like, whatever, mom. But now I'm like, oh my god, it makes so much sense. Like I, I get it now. And now it's now it's going reverse. Like I'm helping my mom realize some shit like that too. Like it's, yeah, music. Just like we were talking on the last episode about movies, music can definitely affect your subconscious. Kev, who do you listen to that has the, uh, the, uh, the right beats? They do. They play. Is it Lord or? Oh Lord, is, is that her? Lord has her? these uh, beats. Yeah, and uh, my wife showed me some of her songs, and they had those like those healing frequencies, you know? Yeah. And yeah. so it's just like that. It's such a cool yeah. thing. I mean, there'd be times Trevor playing juice world on the, the speaker in our engine shop. And like, I would get sad listening to this. Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm not even sad right now. If you are, I can't, I can't. Say <laughs> Why I, am I feeling sad? It's like, Oh, I, I just did this great. I just like worked out. I'm all like, I'm all pumped up. Why am I sad now? Like, what would happen? <laughs> it's what? like, oh my goodness gracious. It's like but like, but for like me, I, I didn't know even how to express my emotions at all. Yeah. Like I, I could did I I had no idea how to do it. So what that's music is the easiest way. There's people love the music for a reason, especially like Juice World. That's what got me to realize that the country is in crisis. Juice World popped off in like a year, within a year, popped off. Everybody knew his name, household name almost. I'm like, why Why is this happening? Why do you think this is happening? Him, the XXX guy, RIP, both of them, I think. And yeah. it's like, what? where is this all coming from? We went from like NWA type shit, went into, you know, a couple other different raps, and now we're here. Like, how did we get here to where we got people standing up for their culture and now we're just all sad? It's like the whole the whole country's sad for a reason. <laughs> like, But it's just, a, it's so easy to, express emotions through someone else's music especially when you just because you feel it man when a good song comes on like my, mm -hmm. i'll get them chills everything man yeah. it, it it would be it, it's unreal no i i just drove we just went to new Hampshire. but me and a bunch of my friends just went to new hampshire we were hiking some of the the white mountains up there and we were playing every guy should know it you know you know those playlists that are like white people get turned like <laughs> i love them yeah white, oh yeah 
So that all the four hour drive up there, it was just white people get turned music. So like every old like 2010 pop song just come on. The whole vibe just instantly changed. Oh yeah. Everything. What oh, I feel so good right now. It feels so close to you right now. Yes, like <laughs> hey, dude. Like it, it, that comes on, everybody's just everybody starts bumping it. You're like, wow, this made us feel really good. Like Kev, it, what was uh I was playing there's a mix on um soundcloud big booty mix oh, kev yeah. started hating me for it but it was every i started taking the ox at work and if you've never listened to big booty mix it's just like that like it's white boy summer but it's it's like dj and it's mixing like the words it, they don't finish the song it's oh you get yeah, the yeah. first yeah. and then they do a drop and then it's another song with another verse it's, and it's just it, within minutes you go from fist bumping to this song then you get a cool drop of whatever it is like michael scott yelling no or whatever it is You're like oh that's a great one and then then you go into like it's just the mood you get into when you're listening to the song like it's, yeah it just if you're you could poison your brain very quickly i was stuck on it's, that path it's a like while. a beat and then it'll go damn it dwight enough burr, burr. Yeah. <laughs> it is so cool but no this this right here i read this and i was i was very taken back by it um just because, like, to get serious real quick, this is why we do the show. Mm-hmm. And you say you don't suffer with depression anymore. I'm very grateful for that. But um, we, we can't really express how much comments like this mean to us. This is this is why we do the, We don't make any money from this show. In fact, it costs us money to make the show. But it's <laughs> it when people tell us that we help them and stuff, it makes it all worth it. Um, but I did want to ask, though, if you say that musicians and stuff are like bands and whatnot you got any recommendations for us on real music hey, i'm always down to hear it dude on yeah. some real music yeah I, I used to get in the car my dad would have all these jazz songs on and it's like uh, dude he's just listening just cruising down the road just to some beats I'm you like, want to know what my not, dad would listen to you bro <laughs> we were Uh-oh. listening to npr that's it. And are all nothing. My God. He still does this. Shout out to dad, bro. He, he still he does this. Dead silence for hours or NPR. And it, it's oh. like, dude, I was, I was in a, like middle school worrying about how we're going to get out of Iraq. It, it, it made me really informed. <laughs> well, I know. You ain't got my like parents the, become, no, nothing like that. My, my parents would put on K-Love. K-Love? K-Love? Yeah, Christian music. Yeah. Like, oh like, yeah yeah so like like when if, if my mom takes my car when i go because i have like my own music and i'll come i'll turn the car on and k-love is playing i'm like okay Damn it, mom. <laughs> I, I don't like, mind it because like I, I i go to church so i listen to the, the oh let's get into that then real quick man i just started going to church um Good. never grew up religious never did anything religious um uh, still not like the crazy religious guy preaching it to everyone but I went for the first time three weeks ago, I believe. Yeah, right. three weeks ago. And even today, before this, I went to the coffee shop with one of the dudes and just chopped it up for like three, uh, two and a half hours. Just talk. He asked me about my life. I asked him about his. And believe it or not, it was really cool because this is something I've been working on. But by the end of the conversation, he said, uh, <clears throat> what, what surprised him the most just from the get-go was how open I was. It's like, man, I'm working on not being as open like it, it's something that can can ruin you but also bring bring light to the situation so you got to find the right medium yeah uh, but 
it was so cool. And even after the show, he invited me over to his place to go watch the NBA finals game with the pastor too. So now I'm meeting up with the pastor after the show, we're going to carpool together over there. And it's just, um, every Sunday you wake up, go to this place and everyone's smiling, but I've never had a bad experience with the church. So I don't know what the bad experiences are yet. I go in there with a positive mindset and get something positive out of it most of the time, you know? So I don't, I haven't touched into the bad side. I've only seen the good sides. I guess if you want to just kind of start, where'd you start with your, uh, where'd you get started with religion? Yeah. And kind of what's your big, for someone who has like, who is completely in the dark right now, what's the big point you could try and get across? Because not trying to convince them or anything, just something that's like helped you. Like for me, just believing that there's a path that I'm on and I could step back and just pay attention to my own actions and my own mind and realize that that's coming from, from somewhere. I don't know where I, I will never know where just, just to be able to do that has taken so much weight off my shoulders. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think, so you're talking about you, you Christian, you're a Christian. You're going to, yeah, I'm going to a non-denominational Christian. Non-denom- yeah. Perfect. This is yeah, perfect example. Money. So I, I think this, a lot of this sort of goes back to being a well-rounded man. So I think a lot of guys get psyoped into thinking that it's all about money. So I think is everything today, you just see cars yeah. online, you see Lambos, you see all this. Um, every advertisement you get is just somebody flashing money in your face. So none of this really matters if there's no sort of grand purpose, right? This is what a lot of people don't sort of conceptualize when they hear about religion the first few times. Like, what's the point of doing any of this if there's no afterlife? Like, there's yeah. no, what, what's the point of you doing good things? What's the point of me having nice conversations with people on a podcast? What, what, what's, what's the point of me doing any good at all if there's no, like, grand place that I am rewarded with? There's no grand good that I am rewarded with, or there's no punishment for people doing evil. Like, so, so nothing matters then, essentially. We're just flesh on a rock. Yeah, like, that's that's where I got when I ended up divorced and getting out the army. I'm like, wait, so none of this matters? I've, I was just as good as I could be, and this is where I ended up? Like, what the hell? What am I doing yeah. all this good for then? Yeah, no, they, they, absolutely. So in non-denominational churches, I think, are actually one of the best ways for people to get into religion because they don't sort of go really hard into Because you have all these different forms of sects of Christianity, right? You have freaking uh, Baptist, Methodist, Lutheran, Congregational. You have all these different types of Christianity that all interpret the Bible in these different ways, some mm-hmm. convoluted, some not. Um, the best thing I think about de- non-denominational churches is that they just read the verse and then they just tell you what it said. Yep. Like They don't do any of these crazy interpretations. They just read the verse and say, God said this. Let's talk about what that means in the 21st century. Like, yeah. it, it's not this, God said this. So maybe that means that he was inferring that you do this. Like, there's none of that. That's what always sort of threw me off because I went to church really young. But then I was actually an atheist for most of like my middle and high school life. Many such And things. yeah, so I like mega atheist. Like, I was, like, same, atheist. obviously, same way, bro. Yep. <laughs> so, and I was like that, I think, because like I said, I was saying before, I was a science kid. So I was always like, everything must be explained by power of, of science. Like there's no, there can be no grand creator because yeah. it is all explainable through the laws that we've, um, we've created on, on our, on our journey throughout, throughout history as humans. But like, like I was saying, the non-denominational churches are great 
because for, for the average person, they just want to know what the Bible says. They want to know yeah. what God is. They don't want to yeah. know all of this like history that's unrelated, or they don't want to know like they don't want to hear a verse and then hear it reread to them or interpreted nine different ways. They want to yeah. know, okay, so God, this is what God is. This is what he did for me. This is how I redeemed through Christ. And this is what I can do to be a better Christian or a better person. Right. And like even the baseline understanding of who God is, who Jesus is, like I I told him right away when I first walked in there, shook hands with him and everything. It's like, dude, I got nothing. Like, I don't know anything. But my God, before I stepped into here and in the army, I I truly, genuinely believed that my grandmother was my God. And if I just please my grandmother, nothing can go wrong. She's watching over me. Uh, it's a little guardian angel, and she'll give me all the signs I need. And that <clears throat> it's like, well, if that's the case, then where is she? Is she just back in the back of my head? Like, what? What is? Where is she at? Well, there's. It's just in my mind. Well, what is my mind? Where am I getting this mind from? Because no one can explain consciousness. No one can. You can't explain how the mind works. We've been trying for how many years? The mind's been around for how many years? We still can't explain how lobsters. Like we could, we just figured out how to explain how lobsters work. Like Jordan G. Peterson just finally figured that shit out. The lobsters. Yeah. <laughs> like we just we just figured that shit out after th how many thousands and thousands of years. We will never figure out the mind. And that was my problem is I'm just sitting at home, especially when I was depressed. I was just trying to figure out how exactly the mind works. What happens to the mind and why? I can never figure out the why. Mm -hmm. the, uh, the why is unanswerable to me because you, I can't comprehend how hard it would be to even control like, or to make a mind and create the mind. And then it, it was just so hard to comprehend. You can't. And then you get like, if I can't, and this book's been around for the past 2000 years, this book has got to mean something for that reason. And so I was, I just walked in and said, look, man, I don't know nothing. Just teach me what you know. And like you said, it's just, here's a verse or today we'll cover these three verses. And the pastor who's been you know, reading the Bible for 16, 17 years. He knows how to tell us in the realest way possible in the 21st century so that I don't have to go read through art thou, whatever. <laughs> you, you don't got like, to read it in Hebrew to try to figure out what it means. <laughs> yeah. In Greek. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's just, go ahead, Kev. It makes sense too. Like the Bible is one of the most, like there's such an effort to denigrate it. And I think it has been since it was written. And it's just like, okay, to me, that means something, whatever, like I'm, I'm just reading the chat right now and we got to get this dude on for real though. Yeah. But, uh, he, I mean, he brings up the, uh, there's so many gods throughout history. And to me, that says one thing is that there's a need for religion. There would not be mm -hmm. all these gods since the dawn of man. If there wasn't a need for it. And so to me, it says like, you know, was every other human that ever lived just incorrect in thinking that there is a need to believe in a higher power? Like just, like just listening to that, it sounds to me like, oh, I'm right. Everyone else is incorrect. It's like the same argument you hear with, with communism. It would work if it was done correctly, meaning it would work if they did it how I want it. What's he saying? <laughs> so I, I think it's... No, I think religion is inevitable in evolution. Yeah, it's 
I mean, I, I just the, the the distinction too between like science and like there there can't be evolution and religion. I just I don't think that that's correct. I just I can't see how they are mutually exclusive. I mean, one of the biggest things with religion for me is just that, like you just said, there's so many attempts to degradate it because of the values that are purported in the Bible are conducive to a healthy civilization. Boom. For the most part. So with all the attempts to degradate the information that's presented to us in the Bible, it just seems like everything today is a battle between good and evil. That's how it seems like. That's how it seems to me. Like when I was an atheist for that long, the reason I changed is because my mom almost died. So she was very, very close to death, like brain aneurysm, very like wow. on the verge of death. Whoa. And by the grace of God, she survived it. So that was when I changed to believing in God. I was like, there is no, like, there has to be some reason why she's still here. Like she was yeah. scared. She was absolutely That's what I'm saying. There's no science. Like the science, when you, <clears throat> when you go in and you, like there's people with cured blindness out of nowhere. There is no science explaining this. Like <laughs> you can't, you can't explain it with science. Well, then where's it coming from? Do we just not know it yet? Maybe we do. Maybe we just don't know it yet. But in the process of trying to figure it out, we have to believe that there is good in it from somewhere. Otherwise, we live in this dark, evil world and we don't believe everyone is good. We start believing everyone's yeah. bad. Because like Yeah, what it's kind of sounding like this dude is saying is that if we understood the science of all life, kind of in the, the science of everything, we wouldn't need religion. Very good do, point. Yeah. What do you say about that, Matthew? That's a very good point. If we really understood, because when you look at how science talks about any concept, they talk about it as if we have a complete understanding of it. Like when we talk yeah. about brain science or anything related to something that could be construed as like the soul of a human, because that's what you learn in, in Christianity is that we have a soul. Mm. Anything that is in that realm, we think we totally understand it. Like there are, of course, there's plenty of people that are studying how the brain works. But if you go up to a neurologist and you say something about the brain, they'll give you a explanation for it. And they think yeah. that that's the only conceivable way that that thing could happen. Like they just have, it is blocked. Like if you tell them anything about like, there could be, hey, maybe we have a soul. Maybe that soul controls sort of some sort of outward presentation of our characteristics or how we think and what, what we believe in the characteristics that we have in, in relation to our creator. If you say that to a neurologist, it just goes in one ear and out the other because they think they have it all figured out, which isn't necessarily a bad thing because we need smart doctors to yeah. help the world function. Like when people be like, Oh, but why are there doctors? Why doesn't God fix everything? Like God put those doctors here to help fix his people. Yeah. Like those yeah people we're not are, praying those away. Brain cancer. Yeah. Yeah, th those people have their own destiny to fulfill. So it's it's just like when you talk to any scientist, they think they have it all figured out, but it just seems like if you tell them any explanation that isn't rooted in some sort of scientific concept, that it just goes one in one ear and out the other. Like I there's mean, no way to. Yeah, shit. Even the word science, I think, has been kind of bastardized recently. Oh, like how yeah. many times did you hear trust the science trust in the, the last science, three yeah. years? As if it was settled, it's been settled for billions of years and turns out to be to be incorrect it's like okay well that's why people don't trust the science is because science always changes 
Okay. These theories are always changing too. All of yeah. these established scientific concepts will change five, ten times every decade. Like we'll learn something new about muscular anatomy. We'll learn something new about how to get more swole faster. Like we'll learn something new about brain chemistry. We'll yeah, the seed oils are big right now. Yeah, there's there's so many new concepts that are changing. My biggest thing, man, was the the coincidences. There's way too many times oh, yeah. where I almost got hit by a car or I am in this position and run into this dude or whatever it is. And it's just, I cannot explain it. There is no explanation. The it, science couldn't explain it. The other day, almost me and my sister, if she just went when the light turned green, we would have been toppled over by a car going 50. Instead, for whatever reason, she took a two second pause before she went. I don't know, like, who knows why? Maybe maybe if I wasn't in the car, she wouldn't have taken that pause. Who knows? I have no idea. But it started to get and it started to get depressing when I started realizing, why are they keeping me alive and not all these other people that deserve to live? It's like, well, there's got to be a reason. There's got to be a reason. And that's and maybe like the, that's where it is, like that's thinking like that there's time. a reason for everything. Yeah, that's like the third time. Maybe that's what it is, is there maybe there isn't a reason for everything. But if there's yeah. no reason for everything, what do you believe in? You have to believe a reason or something, right? One of the coolest concepts <clears throat> that relates to this is it's, it's the zip zip theory or something. It's And it goes back to the quote of, oh, how orderly a fashion everything in this world marches. So it's like there's so many things that happen on Earth that just seem like there is no possible way that <laughs> it could have ever been just nature. That's just how nature works. Like, <laughs> There's so many like numbers that align in different facets of nature, numbers that align in parts of the human body or designs of different species, designs of, of nature and different landscapes that just align so ridiculously perfectly that there is no way that it could just be explained by science. Dude, I brought that up yesterday, Trev. Like what was the earth like made a planet or how, whatever it is, like 4 billion years ago and now we're here because some fish wanted to walk on land it's like i'm sorry i i understand the evolutionary kind of just like way to justify that it just seems a bit far-fetched to me that that all just happened on account of it happening just that, that, yeah. that, like i don't, I don't fault people for <laughs> thinking that you know like if you believe that you know go for it man i just to me that seems a bit far-fetched yeah no i mean like i like the, the first thing i said it's i think it's very difficult for especially we're talking this is all about men's mental health too i think it makes things a lot easier for you if you believe that there is some oh, sort of grand infinitely. purpose for everything yeah no if that's like think, if you think that you're just some kind of meat puppet and you just walk around and have no destiny like you're not going to think very highly of your own actions or the results of those actions you're just going to think that you kind of exist and do whatever like, yeah, that's what I was saying. Like my shoulders. Yeah, like, yeah, like it's just weight off your shoulders. <clears throat> Dude, millions of years of evolving is how it all came about. You can trace and document every single step. Yeah, we're not arguing the fact that that happened. Like, of course that occurred. We're arguing though that the sequence in which it happened so perfectly can't be the result of just evolution. That, yeah, that, and like, and honestly, I could be wrong, but like, I. It's just there's so many things in life that I think really just are not coincidences and that 
recognizing the fact that they aren't really helps people. It's like when Trevor didn't have any faith at all. I knew that it was going to help him. You know, it was just like, okay, how do I kind of introduce this to him to where it's not me preaching in? Because yeah. I, I mean, I hated that. Like as yeah. in Colorado, it happened a lot. People be outside the high school saying you're going to go to fucking hell yeah. if you're Burn gay or whatever. Burn in hell, hell if you're gay. Burn Swear it, all the time. It's like <laughs> people don't like it. Yeah. yeah. That's not how it works. But like, tell me not you're not better off now because you have found god yeah exactly and that's that's another thing is it's not like oh let me let me do god so that i can like it's not oh i found god i have to like cold turkey stop all the sinning that or all the bad things i'm doing would you it's like i found god and now i've understand who jesus is and i'm like i need to live up to somebody's expectations because i'm not going to set on my own you set your own expectations yeah. I, who knows where they're going to be but someone has created expectations for you already there's a it's laid out for you and for someone struggling with mental health not know where to go not know what to do it's a lot easier to think look man it's going to be all right because someone's already taken care of that there's a reason you're here there's a reason you're going on to the next what do i do relax just <laughs> you relax chill, bro you just chill for a second it's also funny because what's the penalty for me believing that that is how it works like i'm ordained <laughs> by god and i have this grand purpose what is the penalty for me doing that versus you it's kind of a messed up way to think about it but i always i say it all the time if i believe it this way and it's not true and i just will go into a void and never exist again whatever but if it is true and you didn't believe in it because you think that we're just a meat puppet, you're going down there. <laughs> yeah, going, that's like, exactly what my mom said when I started going to church. She's like, that's exactly what I think is if, if and also, sure, I, it might not be true. Yeah, like there's no there's a huge benefit to me believing that I, I have this grand destiny and that I'm put on yep. this earth to do great things and help great people and like employ people on the other side of the world. They're like help people build businesses or talk to cool guys online and spread a positive message. There's no penalty to me believing that. There yeah. is only good that can come from me believing in that. It's, it's <laughs> like if, <laughs> if I die and I'm being judged and it's like a Muslim God or something or a Jewish God, it's like, you know, okay, so be yeah. it. So be it. Okay. Yeah. What are you going to do? And it's like, yeah, if you're a God, think about it. You can't really get mad at people for not hearing your message or something. You know, it's just like, you could be wrong. If, if, if this all is for nothing, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And if it does, it'll be a good thing then anyway. Yeah, 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 you lived up to something. To answer this question, though, how can God make a stone so heavy he cannot lift it? I don't know. But, like, <laughs> how can science explain how people in comas can hear people? I also don't know. <laughs> I just There's stuff we don't know about both of them. And I like, that's okay, man. Like, religion doesn't know anything. You know, science doesn't know anything. It, I think it brings a lot more people together than it does apart. You know, I just, yeah, I, I think I it's, think it's, just, it's caught a, It's got a bad rap because it's turned into a whole money grab in certain spots or the, you know, the pedophile stuff and all of that. And it's just turned into a bad situation. And it, to me, that's also got to be a reason why our founding fathers decided, look, we could build a whole nation on this shit. You think yeah. they thought like you know what I'm saying? Like well, you we know how build they build a whole nation on this shit. Because and they now didn't... that we're not following it, now that the majority of the people are not following it, the nation is falling apart. So to that? me, that's not a coincidence. Yeah, like I mean, yeah, I would 
I would argue too. Yeah, like the founding fathers didn't really think that the the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, could be successful if most most people weren't Christian. Yeah, America like you have like, Christian people. Yeah. You have free speech, right? How do you know people aren't going to go around saying all this nasty stuff to each other? It's like the kind of underlying point was, if we're all Christian, this will work. But if we're not, then I mean, we're seeing what happens with that right now. This is fun though. It's it's fun having chats, man. Man, shout out to you, yeah. Halicon. We don't agree on everything, but I I respect you, and I could tell you respect us. So we got to have you on the show. But um, it, it's it's interesting, man. This is one of those debates men has had for yeah. ever. But it's also it's uh, go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say it, it's just the religion topic in general is just so important for anything men's health related. I think because it's part of being a well-rounded man, right? Like yeah. I think faith is one of the points that you need to be a well-rounded man. Like I was saying before, a lot of guys today were psyoped into thinking it's all about the cash. Like it's yeah. not, it, it physically cannot be all about the cash. <laughs> like there has to be something else that it is about besides cash. Like you can have the most money on the planet and then you can have, you can have every Bugatti that exists on the earth. But then like, if you're alone, you're probably still going to be sad. You'll be crying yeah. in that Bugatti. Like the joke is like, I'd rather cry in a Ferrari than whatever and whatever else. You will be crying in that Bugatti. Rather be <laughs> raising a family, honestly. Yeah. You like that, yeah. <clears throat> That's another thing is if, if we don't have some type of religion, what is the grounding, like the, the base of morality? That's the problem is right now we've lost religion and we don't know what is morally right and morally wrong or what's meant to be here and what's not like there are some things that are not meant to be here <laughs> and we we could all point like to this guy running up shooting up every school or whatever it is like there's there are things out there that aren't meant to be here there are things that are supposed to be here like, yeah, we don't like know the ground base of morality and if i i'm a pretty smart guy and this is this is a big point i touch on is a lot of the smart people like the scientists say we don't need religion if you step shoes into someone like forrest gump or someone who has low iq who can't think like we do, then you've got a problem because we need to explain to them what is right and what is wrong, especially or even a kid without a parent or a whatever it is. So somewhere we have to explain what is right and what is wrong. Yeah. And that's what this book that's been around for 2000 years has been doing. It's like, do we all Trying just to. like, do we all know what's right and wrong just kind of intrinsically? It's like, I mean, I guess, but like if I'm without God, right, I could think it's right to stab you in the neck, Trevor. When in reality, mm -hmm. one man's right is not like there's no real like objective morality, I don't think. Yeah, no, I, I you guys hit the nail on the head. Yeah, there, there's no science doesn't give us morality. It's the simplest That's way. To put it. Yeah. There's, no morality. there's the that? laws of nature, but the laws of nature say that the lions get to eat all the other animals. Like, <laughs> that, that's the law of date. Like, can, can I eat Trevor? Like, is that is that how this works? Like, if yeah. no, <laughs> I mean, with I all that training, you probably could. Yeah. Like, yeah, like to go up to Trevor and like beat the shit out of him and like cook him up. Like, I should be giving arm bars to everyone and their mother just because I can. The, the Indian burn to everybody. Yeah, dude. Whoa. No, I mean, with with the laws, if we just go purely by the laws of nature, then yeah, that that's how it works. Like, oh, I can kill both of you and eat you. Like, yeah. Just, can assault you in any way like sexually too there's no like penalty that happens constantly in nature absolutely yeah it's we don't religion is, is, the, is the basis for all this 
and we yeah, don't like, need a god to tell us. We don't us. need a god to tell us, of course. I mean, yeah, no, this, I, I've heard I've heard that a, a lot too. That, that's like one of the biggest sort of. Things. Yeah, but when I'm sitting there meditating, who's talking to me? Science, you know, like what? Yeah, yeah, science, like yeah, <laughs> science. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it's just it just seems when I'm just sitting there and thoughts are flowing, or when I wake up tomorrow and I'm feeling absolutely electric from nowhere. It's like, where did this come from? Is this like, do I keep going with what I'm doing now? It's just, it just seems like there's someone talking to me. I'm, I'm not just going through the motions anymore. Right? That's what I was yeah. doing when I was depressed. I was just going through the motions and now it just, there's a purpose behind everything is kind of what it is. And that's the biggest question Marcus Aurelius asked. What's your purpose? That's what I wrote on my wall two and a half years ago. Like, what the hell am I doing here? What is my purpose? If you have someone tell you what your purpose is, like through God, and that's not just like, oh, God, your purpose is to follow God. No, it's more of staying in tune with your subconscious mind to where you could kind of tell, oh, this is a little piece of information that has been placed in front of my face for a damn reason. And it is someone put it there. I've, I have realized it. So like these coincidences, I've realized this coincidences and it's there for a reason. Wherever it came from, it is there for a reason. And then you stem from that and you're like, okay, well, maybe God put it there. And now maybe I need to follow this. And now it's a, a path put in my way for a reason. I, I didn't just wake up one day and think, oh, let me go to the gym. Like, no, my cousin came down here. It was a huge move. I'm in the gym. And now four years later, there's been a reason I've been in the gym. I feel good, look good, whatever it is. It's just, there. maybe it's because I want a reasoning for everything. Maybe that's why. I don't know. But it's that's where you find the reasoning if you're I looking mean, for one. I think Matt just said it so perfectly. Suppose we are wrong about all this. It won't matter then, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you you don't have to agree with it, but if it's making people happier and more fulfilled. Yeah. And then and then the product of of being incorrect on that is actually nothing. Like yeah. I, I I don't I don't understand it, man. No, I mean but, what Trevor just said is is perfect because a lot of people, when they struggle with anything related to religion, it's because they think that God is giving them a random new purpose. That's that's not how it works. You are led to your authentic purpose by God. So mm -hmm. it's not that by believing in religion, all of a sudden your life is going to drastically change. It was already like that. That you were already on a particular destiny or you were already going somewhere. It's just now you're going to recognize these little things. Like, oh, I'm being led here because of this coincidence but you I now mean, know that it's not you just yeah he just, here, hang yeah. on he just made our point for us the universe you know, is huge you, to think of us as and this insignificant blue dot has worked out all this is just silly uh, to me that seems like yeah. a great way to get depressed thinking like that and <laughs> you know I, I don't fault you for thinking that i'm just saying it yeah. it might not be the most beneficial way to think and this is another thing. We're not thinking um one religion is right the other one's wrong. I say all the time I think Islam religions I think they they've got it better. Or you, you can look this. This was another big problem. I looked at the Jewish community and I realized like, no, these people are all together. And, like they Thriving, are bro. killing it. Thriving. Like it's brought a community. So what we preach over here at Mind Over Matter and why we started is to build a community for people to help them out. And I believe that's that's the bottom line of religion is to build a community for people. Like I said, when I walk up in the Sunday and I go to church, people are genuinely smiling because they know we're going to learn something better today. And there's a good, we are here for a perfect, not a perfect, we're here for a good reason. If I'm here, let me smile about it. You know? 
No, that's literally perfect because that's sort of goes into some, I mentioned Tate before. Yeah. What happens with a lot of these different things like religion, figure, figureheads on the internet or pop, like people in culture is that you need to have the capability of nuance. You need to be able to take something from Tate that you think is positive for your life. You need to be able to take something from Christianity that you believe impacts you in a positive way. And you need to meld that and create an amalgamation of a person that you believe is good. Like you can take something from everybody. It's like your, your, your typical cliche, you can learn something from everybody. You can also learn something from every religion and every figurehead mm-hmm. and every pop culture person personality. Like I can, you have to be able to look at like, oh, this person, I might not really agree with everything they say, but he said this one thing and he sticks by it. And I really like that. So I'm going to adopt that or I'm going to sort of question or think about that a little bit more. And then maybe I'll adopt that same way of thinking because I think it makes me a better person. You're just called to it. Yeah. Yeah. You're just like, you don't have to like, if you like something that somebody says, you don't have to carbon copy their view on the thing. You can just think, oh, that was a good point. Wait, no. Come on. This is 2023, bro. (laughs) You got to agree with people on everything. 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 (laughs) Yeah. It's just, it's a skill that nobody has. It's a skill that nobody, it's a very hard skill to train. It, it's just to critically think critically think yeah it's a very difficult thing to to actually train i mean there are a lot of people that are just filled with so much like hate for people now it's like i don't even know if they can they're kind of blinded by their hatred you know and that kind of like with trump there are so many people that hate him one would love to see him hung on the streets of dc right now yeah and that if he did anything good like i bring up the abraham accords people that hate him and they just have a never heard of it, or when I tell them about it, say, "Oh, well, it's Trump, so there's got to be some malicious intent behind." Uh, that's the closest we've had to, to peace in the Middle East for since ever, probably. Yeah. And you know, and but but be, because the orange Hitler guy said it, did it? it it's got to be bad. It's just man, you got to be able to separate the message from the messenger and say you don't need to agree with every. Like I don't agree with Trevor on absolutely everything, and that, yeah, I guess no, okay. Bro, get out of here. <laughs> you're ugly. You like hockey, bro. I mean, yeah, you're, you're like stupid. Hockey. You're ugly. Another big, just so we could top this one off, is uh, one of the big things I realized just from listening to Jordan Peterson, and he's he's very into the religion and everything. And just to step back and listen to him as person to person, listening to him, he's just explaining stories from a book, and these stories are old. And maybe, yeah, maybe we're in a tough spot now because we've lost the track of these stories. But it all started with this guy has helped these many people in this way here. These are their stories. These, are- <laughs> And we just we listen to the stories. We watch the stories and we get whatever we can get get out of them. And that's what this podcast is, is just stories on stories on stories on stories. And people could get pieces of information out, build their lives back up. But it's the positive stories we need to listen to. and. Sadly, I don't know where to go to find positive stories anymore. You can get, go search YouTube right now. You will not like it'll the take you a minute John. to find a positive story. Yeah, it'll take forever. This is just where I found the, and the stories aren't just all positive. It's going through some tough time. There's a lesson in there, whatever it is. But we're reading books on science. We're reading books on science all the time, just taking whatever the science book says and 
putting a spin on it, whatever it is, that's how we grow. This is the same thing with religion. I'm learning about the religion. I'm going to take my, this is why there's 300, 500, whatever different denominations of Christianity. Cause we take it and we spin it and we go from there. Yeah, but yeah. it's just and a big two, there's, there's such a lack, I think of, of content with people that disagree and not like fighting each other. Like, I think that's what we've lost in 2023 is just, we can disagree with people and not hate them. Yeah, like, I mean, the, the hatred and all of these arguments is what gets the most clicks. Yeah, so that's that's what you have it, it's like when they have all these the girls on the of these dating podcasts. It's this, it's the exact same concept. It's like they have these girls on and they ask these potentially inflaming questions because it gets the most crazy responses. Yeah, that's the most views, the most clicks. Which I mean, it's just how the internet works. It's how you have to make money if you're going to run something like that. But I mean that's the culture we've created yeah we don't yeah. we don't see you as a heathen bro i respect you and i think you're a great dude um i i don't agree with you but i still think you're a good yeah. person look but man we need people this is the thing too and the religion doesn't stress it because we got the rap of like hey you need to be part of religion no we need people like my dad and this dude to go do the science because i don't want to dig into i don't oh, know the science yeah. you know what i'm saying like absolutely. if you guys are happy with saying i don't know and you're cool with saying there's no religion and you want to follow the science to find out that's fine but to me i cannot like when i don't know it in, like almost infuriates me and i just i can't myself sit there and and try and figure out what i don't know because i'll be there all day trying to figure out oh. something i can't figure out if i get a but brain tumor yeah, science I'm, guys out there i'm not going to the preacher if i got a brain tumor yeah, they, yeah, exactly. But yeah. Like, I wanted wanted to ask for a quick, Matt. You ever heard of a guy named Daryl Davis? No. He is a black dude, and when he was young, his mom told him about racism when he was like ten, and he he didn't understand how people could hate him if they didn't know him. And so this dude started talking to Klansmen, like actual, like not like racist, like where in the hoods, like in the fucking KKK. <laughs> and he he actually like got like 300 of them to leave the clan, like gave him his their robes what? and shit, right? What the but fuck? one of his famous quotes I remember was, if people are talking, they're not fighting. And that's how he was able to kind of influence that change is that he saw the power of conversation. And, you know, of, of course they disagree, bro. Like they're in the clan. But like if, if he can do that with them, I think that anyone can have a, a conversation with anyone. Because honestly to it, it kind of forces you to challenge your own viewpoints and make sense of more mm -hmm. stuff. And I think we both learned stuff. Yeah. No, and this this is a good one just to bring up. Be, be brave. Embrace it. Embrace the unknown. Look, man, I don't know what your de definition of brave is recently. Um, it has changed. I was brave enough to go overseas and fight and risk my life. I, If you want to call that brave, I... I like to call the people I served with brave for doing that. Sometimes you just get into it and you end up doing it for whatever reason, money, whatever it is to support your family, whatever. However, I think the one thing, and this is what me and Kevin talk about is finding common ground in these arguments or these discussions. And that is the one thing. If we, if we are all in agreeing in agreement on embracing the unknown, you can do it without a God. That's what I use God for. So that's it's a mix up, but that's what I use it for is to embrace the unknown. And this, I don't I don't know how to deal with it. Otherwise, it's just it starts getting in my head and I'm like, well, what the hell did I do wrong? And then it gets into this. Why me? Why me? Why me? Or whatever it is. And it's just like, you know, what, man, I don't know. So we're both saying, like you said at the beginning, we're both all of us saying we don't know. At least we're all saying that. <laughs> like you said, we don't know. What we don't know, man. It's just that's just as simple as it gets. 
whatever you need to conceptualize your purpose is, is whatever yeah, you need. Brilliant, it, whatever vehicle that you use to conceptualize, here's what I'm here to do on this earth. It yeah. doesn't really matter. <laughs> the the yeah. vehicle, whole, it, it's wholly irrelevant. The only thing that really matters is like the end result of the actions. Yeah. If, if you're following a religion and the way you're following it is causing you to act in a way that is not conducive to a healthy person, then stop doing it. Like you're not like usually people aren't that that stupid for lack of a better word. Like if you realize, okay, this vehicle that I'm using to figure out life isn't really that good. And I think I'm kind of depressed. So maybe I'll try a new vehicle. So yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. how you figure things out. You find like, a new lens to look at life through and you mm -hmm. Like the radical Islamists, I could argue, probably would be better off with a little more science. You know? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and that's just, yeah, if it's causing destruction, then like, man, I don't know, man. You might be you might be on the wrong path. <laughs> Sorry, they're they're an easy example to pick, but it is true. Yeah. Yeah. Well shit, man. What an episode. That I like that. Yeah, the chat so you could just kind of this is cool, go off man. Into, hey, uh, shout couple... out to y'all for watching though. That means a ton yeah, of yeah. awesome. Yeah, no, that unbelievable. Kev, we'll we'll leave it open for your famous last question, big dog. Shoot. You I got one. one. No, I was too busy in the dis I was too busy in the discussion. We talked about a lot of different things. Yeah. That all tie back into like men's mental health month, which is cool. Yeah. Well, well I'll, I'll ask you this then. All right, there you go. Matt, is what gives you a sense of purpose? Okay, what what gives me a sense of purpose, I think, was mostly developed when I found religion, ironically, which was that it's spreading good in, into the world in, in some form or fashion. I think that when you're blessed with certain abilities, whether that be intellect or physical capability or some anything in that realm, that you you are responsible to bring that into the world and help other people with those same things. So, however you believe that you were blessed or given or developed certain abilities, I think you are responsible to bring those things and those concepts to other people. So, like let's say you're blessed with a superior intellect and you can understand science really well. I think you are responsible to be well. Not you don't have to become a scientist, but in some form or fashion, I think you are given purpose by using that god-given talent to help other people so whether that like if you're a fitness trainer like those are the, your most direct examples like say you're helping people get in better shape you're helping people do x y and z you're a doctor you're literally saving people's lives you're a police officer you're literally saving people's lives now those are your direct examples but the other way you find purpose is is through relationships like we're social creatures so as social creatures, one of the biggest predicators of happiness is your, the deepness of your relationships. So there's one famous Harvard study that I'll go through quick. I don't want to spend all the rest of the time talking about this. But it's like one of the longest standing studies on the planet. And it basically says they studied these people over decades. The biggest predicator of happiness is not your wealth. It's not how healthy you are. It's the quality of your relationships. And that like, for the purpose for me is cultivating good relationships and cultivating a greater community around myself with whatever talents that I was blessed with or developed. So that, that's how that's I a, look that's at a, it. That's a knock that one. shit out the park, dude. Okay. <laughs> knock, that's very well done, Thank man. You. Thinking of you, yeah, Travis. Yeah, no, man. That's that's very well done, man. Um well shit, man. Thank you. Thank you yeah, so much. Off a whim, yeah. Set this up. We literally we set this up uh, about. Well, it was. I think it was right after our episode 
our last episode. So very, very fortunate to just, yeah. yeah, So, and I forgot, I I forgot this morning, Kevin reminded me. So yeah, whatever. But if y'all are struggling out there, you guys know where to reach us. Um, you could go on our website now. You could send us a voicemail. Me and Kevin will get it directly. We got an email, everything. Sign up for a show, whatever it is. If you just want to come on and talk, spit, spit whatever struggle you're working with now. Me and Kevin are here. If it's just one of us, whatever it may be. But we're going to keep it going. I do believe it is um, my God-given talent to smile in the darkest situations. And I will I continue that, to yeah. bring that as much as I can. So, yeah. Um, Matt, man, thanks for coming on. I'm I'm excited yeah, to rewatch this at some point, man, because yeah, this was good. Fun. Feel good. Very diverse yeah. selection yeah. topics. Yeah. yeah, a lot of t- so many different topics that we talked about. Not just yeah. like money or martial arts. Or <laughs> yeah, that's a it, that was that's a big thing too. It's like when you go into uh, like Joe Rogan or everyone, they cover a diverse topic, but they don't they don't go into it. They almost cover too many topics at once. I was listening to Jordan Peterson. That's exactly what he did. Cover too many topics at once, whatever it is, and you don't get into the nitty gritty, and it kind of upsets me. Because uh, the nitty gritty is a lot easier or a lot harder to touch on than the surface level garbage. Yeah, yeah. there's like a lot of politics. Like most things, most podcasts are current events now. It's just like I'm yeah. sorry, like that's people already know about that stuff enough if they care about it. There's got to be something else we could talk about. Oh no, yeah. we need more podcasts like this that talk yeah, about. We appreciate that. Typically that, focus on like mental health yeah. and like actual like personal development. I think. Yeah, man, we're just trying to figure it out, and while we're trying to figure it out. We're uh, spreading that word. So we appreciate you coming on, spreading your word. Kev, great episode, man. Yes, sir. Enjoy your time and your birthday over in Colorado. Yes, sir. I'll be so, yeah. Our next one, yeah. Our next one, I might be on my phone in my my parents' house, but we're going to make something happen. Yeah. Yeah. We'll figure something out. Yep. But thank y'all for tuning in. HaleyCon73 on Twitch. Thank you for tuning in. And also, who was the first one that hopped in here? Mackenzie? Michaela, Michaela, thank you, Michaela, for tuning in. Absolutely. All our viewers, thank you. Matt, thank you. And y'all have a good sure. one. We'll catch y'all next time. Peace. Later.